A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes, as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. This week, that would be through chapter 25. Hey there, this is Cross. And I'm PJ. And I'm Ben. I'm Aaron. And I am Thomas. And we are Words and Whiskey, a podcast for veteran and novice readers like we tackle fiction novels and love to talk about what we're drinking. You should think of us as your intoxicating weekly book club. We're here getting drunk on a Tuesday. We are Except getting Aaron. drunk on a Tuesday. I I made a cocktail with absinthe, so <laughs> good luck. <laughs> <fuckers. Your> showing. <laughs> You're sitting on the ground eating absinthe. Eating. eating <laughs> Let's have a day. Chewing it. I'm the only sober one, and I'm going to be acting the drunkest because I recently had food poisoning, and I'm drinking Pedialyte. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the first interlude through chapters 25. I'm sorry I didn't include the interlude last, you know, in the schedule as we discussed it previously, but mm-hmm. glad we glad we got that clarified, and I fixed it now on the website, so it's all taken care of. But before we go too far. Let's talk about our featured cocktail, PJ, or no, sorry, Thomas, you're doing the featured cocktail. Yes. So there are actually two featured cocktails, if you will, Ooh. this week. The first I think everyone's going to be really excited about, it's, you know, there's this drink called a Moscow Mule, not really a big fan of vodka. So I usually, I do like a Moscow Mule. I don't love it. So I like to get a different drink in there. And I was like, let's be a little dangerous today. Let's take a trip to London. We'll put a little gin in the mule. So that's, you know, a shot of gin some ginger beer. My lime was actually disgusting, so I was like, let's get really <laughs> weird with it. Plus, you know, London, you're thinking tea, you're thinking lemon. A lot of lemon juice in this. It's like a little sour, it's got a little more kick than the typical mule, and it's very nice. And to quote Stone Cold Steve Austin, that's quite the tasty beverage. <laughs> oh yeah, brother. So, I was like, Ben's gonna like that, whatever you say. That was when he's doing the wine tasting with The Undertaker. Yes. Um, the Undertaker. The second feature cocktail <laughs> is, you know, great state of New York. What did we do recently? We legalized marijuana. So, edible in at this point. Boom. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you looked like the Unabomber when we started. <laughs> that was actually just, I just did that. I put my foot up to take my dog out and I had the glasses on as a joke because... I bought those sunglasses to dress like Ransom Drysdale for Thanksgiving one year. And so I have them. I hate them. So I put them on with the coat or with the sweater. And I was like, oh, my God, you look like the Unabomber. So I thought it'd be hilarious to show you guys. PJ's Hell yeah. Are you PJ all high? Also has a- I, I'm not doing <laughs> them, but I could. <laughs> I don't, I'm not high yet. You guys bragging? We could step over into Missouri. <laughs> We're bendless. Mm, mm-hmm. It's legal now. Yeah. We live, we're by not coastal by state podcasting. That's true. True. <laughs> we are actually by coastal now. Yes. We do have thanks, PJ. Me on the wow. East and yeah, yeah. Look we at are us. Fully, fully interstate podcasting. Awesome. Well, Thomas, I'm so excited for you. I think this is the first time that someone has been high on our podcast. That's I'm not gonna I lie. Feel, it's, I feel I, I, I'm pretty sure it's not because we've had Zeph on the podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Zeph did get high before and then also was drinking. Right. Crossfade. He's high on life. That's why we went for five and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. That was a good PJ, call. what are you drinking? Outed. We love you, Zeph. 
He's drinking a big glass of milk. I'm drinking an absinthe sour. It looks like a fancy milk. It does look like fancy milk. Strong. Do you guys say milk? Milk. 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 I heard you say milk. I say milk. Milk. I'm a milk, milk. guy. I, I say milk. Oh, like with apparently, a PJ is a milk guy. Milk. <laughs> it, <laughs> this is gross. I it is this. not. It is not milk. It is 160 proof. God damn. <laughs> By the way, see you tomorrow. That one looks better oh, than crosses. <laughs> oh my god! Let's not even. What a all segue. right. <laughs> so I was. I made like a. <laughs> I made. I tried to make a gold rush. A gold rush is a real easy cocktail. It is just bourbon, lemon juice, and honey. And I changed out for hot honey, and it did not fucking work. So I'm calling it the blood and honey after the new Winnie the Pooh movie that just came out. It's bad. Don't drink it. Don't make don't this watch drink. It. it is cursed. Don't watch the movie either. Apparently, it's kind of campy and fun, but I don't okay. know. But the, this cocktail is no good. But I'm gonna. Oh my god! I'm just smelling it, and I <laughs> just dump it. I just about lost my lunch. Don't do it. I'm, no, it looks chunky. It's, it's, did you give it a stir? Pepper, pepper. Yeah, I did. I do have a stirring stick. But there's so this much. Actually, of it I stirred it because. Yeah. Speaking of losing <laughs> your lunch, Aaron, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking Pedialyte. Out of a Jersey Mike's. Out cup. of a Jersey Mike's cup because I had ice in it. Mmm. What flavor? Is it the clear it's one or the purple one? Strawberry. Oh, Ooh. clear is disgusting. Okay. I'll, I'll drink any of the, and I drink Pedialyte a lot for hangovers, and I prefer sugar-free, any of the colors. The clear one is so gross. Do not buy the clear one. The sugar-free makes it less thick. Yeah, that's so, like like you said, it's viscous. Yeah. Like, and then it's kind of salty, too. It's, it's, weird. it's yeah, it's salty. I don't know. It's used for rehydrating you and sick babies <laughs> in the baby aisle. <laughs> Speaking of sick babies, Ben, what are you having today? <laughs> I am drinking a, a local brewer here, Torn Label. They found it in the East Crossroads in Kansas City. This beer is called Monk and Honey. It is a Belgian-inspired table beer that balances soft sweetness with light spice notes from the Belgian yeast, producing a unique tea and honey quality. They use local honey to give this beer a distinctly Midwestern twist. It's really good. I've had it. It is really good. You're kind of like nice. mixing Cross's honey and Thomas's tea into yeah. your beer. I knew you guys were doing this. I've already poured out my drink. Synergy. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> I'm glad. I don't want to see it again. It makes me nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> out here drinking but I took that pickle big juice. gulp. There was so oh, much of it left. Yeah. I'd rather drink pickle juice. Freckle yeah. juice is what I meant. So, oh, freckle juice. Oh, Shout out God. Judy Bloom. Yeah, no, couldn't couldn't do it. So I've got a I've made a port lemonade as a backup just in case it was really bad, and that's really good. So highly recommend. Cool. All right. Well, before we go too much further, but talking about the chapters and whatnot, PJ Ben and Aaron, how'd you feel about this week's reading? Now that we're a third of the way through the book, we've finished. You know, we finished the first part last week, and we've started the second one this week. What do we think? I, I, before we get into that, I just have to call Aaron out for a second. Did you lean into the microphone and then hiccup and then lean back? <laughs> Well, I, I always am right here, and then I hiccup, and then I lean back, because I was like, oops. Okay. I'm not in my best health, PJ. <laughs> I will say, though, puking and other things all night 
is a great weight loss program. <laughs> I, I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> we do not endorse eating disorders here on Pod. Words and whiskey. No, I would I always pray for death whenever I have to vomit. I would rather do anything other than vomit. It is not. I'd a rather good time. someone punch me in the face, but I didn't have a choice. Yeah, we'll get legal on that. <laughs> to answer your question, Crossland, for whoever rudely interrupted us and to pull this off track, this Wait, week I felt like took a really big step forward in the narrative and in the characters and in the progression that way. I, I actually called Crossland earlier today on a subsequent listen. And like, there's a very stark difference that I've noticed between like this story and something like Brandon Sanderson. And I'm not entirely sure which side of it I fall on, but it very much heavily tips the scale towards character and narrative as opposed to mechanics and, and magic system. So for that, I think we get a better story, but we don't have quite as complete of an understanding of the magic system that we're dealing with. I do want to just say that you are comparing on on the outset a year and almost a million words versus a hundred and something pages, hundred eighty pages. I know. I, I'm I'm mostly yeah. thinking of like those first the first half of the final empire and like how deep we dove into into the Mistborn abilities. And explanations, yeah. Brandon mm-hmm. has not ever been called short winded. Right. And this is like, this isn't a gripe. This isn't a a teardown in either direction, but like there is a very obvious difference. Mm -hmm. I really like that we got a fight scene because I felt like that showed some of the abilities and what Jade can do. Stopping a heart. Ben's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Rip Ben. And we got to finally see Lon show some balls. Big old balls. Big old lawn balls. Luncheon balls. <laughs> Luncheon lawn balls. Luncheon <laughs> balls. <laughs> I feel like that's what I'm going to have to name the cocktail next week. Luncheon lawn balls. <laughs> At this point. Also cool. really enjoyed this week's chapters. I feel like we're getting into the meat here finally. Not finally, but just like now we're we're really into the meat of the story and starting to see things develop here with our conflicts and still interested to see where it goes. I feel like now I know that we're just going to be kind of following the call family. So that has kind of chilled me out as far as like, who am I supposed to care about? I think I know now that I'm just following the whole call group and yeah, we were lacking some mountain right storyline. Yeah. And so that feels good. And, and so really enjoyed like Aaron, the fight scenes, seeing some of the abilities in play and starting to get an idea for what exactly Jade does and people can do with it. That is exciting for the future, especially I think when there's more action, even more action going on, had a great duel, love a duel. So Yes, your honor remains line shin balls. Luncheon <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, balls. Oh man, we're not escaping it, are we? <laughs> I also want to admit that I was wrong and Hilo did not die. 
So I owe Crossland a drink. He is not accepting my Pedialyte, so we'll wait till next week. And maybe I'll have more drinks to take. (laughs) He did take that bet very confidently. Yeah. Yeah. Last week. I mean, I'm going to take every bet very confidently yeah, because that's what I don't I've had think to do with PJ forever. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything. So, but it was very fun to finally have someone bridge that gap of a bet. So I was very excited, especially because I knew how fast it was going to pay off. It was very immediately. I texted him. I was like, "Yes, guess I owe you a drink." <laughs> the house always like wins. The next day, during the during the chapter, one of the lines is. And that's what saved Hilo's life. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) 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 Like up until this point, I believe. I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe. No. It's okay. I'm I'm semi glad he's alive, I guess. We'll see. Aren't we all? I think we should be. Maybe. Who knows? I guess we'll see. So you say to call a family, but also there's Barrow. So I just want to, you know, tuck in that little chestnut. He's just going to be a thorn in our side the whole time until he is. He's the underdog. What do you mean? Like, he's totally like, he's the scrappy guy. He's, he's the a shithead. He's a, a shithead. Yeah. He slashed Sampa's <laughs> tires. What a dick move. Justice for Sampa. Yeah. <laughs> Justice mm. for Sampa. Yeah, we need to see more strong. of Sampa. Katon. Get him his job back. Agreed. All right. So with that, let's go into the first interlude here. So this is this is really quick. They're, you know, roughly a page to two pages. They're they're really brief, but it gives a wonderful interlude that presents us with the deist mythological origin of the world and its accompanying natural forces, its explanation of their origins and whatnot. What were you guys' thoughts on the the pantheon of gods as they're presented and how the children are kind of worked in there, humans in general, you know, kind of coming from that? What'd you guys think? It reminded me of like Greek mythology. Yeah. I was going to say the mm-hmm. same thing, and Very I liked so. how it, I liked how it came to into play. Like when the in the typhoon in the later chapters, they were talking about. I forgot his name, but like he's pissed. Yeah, Yofu. Yeah, Yofu. It's also a sort of. I feel like it's a harbinger for the events to come of these the next generation of green bones like up until now we've only had clans led by people that were once a single clan and it's been fractured and now it's these children that are suddenly devolving into violence and tension and war and i feel like there's there's a pretty good analogy and i think there's a a pretty pointed reason for this interlude to be included here at this point one thing I caught on with, correct me if I'm mistaken, it was talking about how the gods stripped their children of all powers, but then what about the green bones? They have powers. Did they not strip them fully? I think of like immortality, maybe. It said powers. Great question. Mm-hmm. I was like... I like that. I like your point, PJ. That was some good literary analysis. Mm-hmm. Look at you. With your literary analysis. <laughs> yeah. You nerded the shit out of that. I'm so proud. <laughs> think about how far it's you've It's Portland. <laughs> this guy I didn't think... used to read books, and now look at him. <laughs> <laughs> I think to Aaron's point, though, it seems like the green bones aren't, like, Jade isn't a godly power then. It's a physical power, maybe a physical embodiment of some power imbued by the gods that can be wielded, but it's not inherent and it's not like 
it's drawn from an external source. Mm-hmm. I think is the gods kind of the difference. We do kind of get that that sort of mythological foundation, as it were, last week, as we're talking about the bones being mined out of the mountain and that being like she fell and when she died and like her ribs and her bones are the green bones. They're these veins of jade, basically, that everyone's pulling on. So there's something there, too, in the mythological mm-hmm. aspect. What do we think of the interludes in general as, as a concept of like exploring the larger mythology? Are we in on this idea? I always find part breaks like this to be one of those interesting things that an author can you know, work for them. Do we, do we like this idea in general? I know we've only seen one so far, but I always appreciate it as a literary element and to these types of books. I think it always like if done well, adds a lot to the story and can add a lot of depth a lot of the time. And that seems to be what's going on here. So definitely I'm looking forward to those in the future. I think sometimes they can, an interlude can come out and you're like, what the fuck? But then, as you read the story, it adds to it and it plays into it. And then you can be like, Oh yeah, I see what that was all about. And it helps, helps you understand the story better. My immediate comparison is the black freighter in the, in the watchman. It feels very sort of similar in pacing and, and timing to that. And just adds to the depth of the storytelling. Mm -hmm. Easy way to give a historical, context to things without like shoehorning in a a history lesson given to one of the characters yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely a nice exposition tool chapter 18 the whispered name which sees Hilo and Wen arguing about his desire for her to move in with him only then Hilo is called away to deal with troubles in the armpit this turns out to be a ruse from the mountain clan designed to draw out the horn of no Pete for an assassination attempt. When the attempt fails, the surviving would-be assassins flee, and Hilo drives a wounded mate tar to the hospital. And he is alive. Hilo is <laughs> alive. Everyone's alive except for some of the mountain clan. So there's a lot going on in this chapter. Up top, we got a nice little discussion piece, and then our first Real greenbone on greenbone fight, I believe. Greenbone action. <laughs> Maybe this conversation deserves to be held off until later. Until the next one. Yeah, but I do not like the way Hilo <laughs> Thank interacts you. with when I don't like it one bit. <laughs> it's so like yucky and abusive. Just because he's like bossing her around or what? Yeah, it's very one-sided and she seems very reluctant to like give up the rest of her freedom and be under his thumb basically. And ascribing feelings to her like I think you're bored at your job. You should do something else. Like you should try interior design. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just... You like changing carpets. <laughs> <laughs> and you and yeah how- constantly remind this comes in later but reminding her again that she's a stonite it's like yeah no shit i don't know he's like a bully he's like a like an older brother it's, yeah this conversation this bizarre relationship seemed like very in line with his his character the way he kind of went about it i do want to speak on that later in the later chapter with the conversation with lawn as, as well because that did 
changed my perception of him slightly, I feel like. But but yes, it is kind of like she's an object. He's not asking her any questions or asking her what she wants to do. It's more like telling and, oh, you like this and so you should do this. Like you like to decorate, so why not just be an <laughs> interior decorator? You know, like, but that seems very in line with his character so far. I'm still yeah, hoping with so much perception. It's very interesting that he can't perceive beyond his own immediate, you know, even though degrees. we can perceive it. <laughs> well, I, this is just very interesting, especially because our first conversation about Amikwen was that she felt like she was just going to be that kind of object. And instead, there's a lot of pushing back and mm-hmm. saying that, like, no, I am my own person. Yeah, it made me like how, her how character feel about a that lot characterization? more. Yeah, I'm 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 still hoping she becomes more of a dynamic character because so, yeah, at first she was just the sex vessel and now she's like the like reluctant girlfriend, basically. I don't know. I want, you know, it'd be nice to see like from her point of view. Yeah. Or tried to anyway. She conceded pretty fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was an attempt on his life, so I mean that does it can it can change you. Her brother did get shot. So yes, yes, it must be hard to be powerless when everyone around you is like the best of the best. It didn't seem like she was too concerned with that, though. She but she like she wants much... to go help them, and sure. he's like, "Ha ha! You can't remember yeah, your stone eye, idiot." <laughs> I did hate that. <laughs> We're jumping ahead again. i mean it does it is a traced conversation throughout the whole thing so it makes sense logically it's it's one of those things so what do we think about the green bone on green bone fight the the actual assassination attempt that we have here so i thought it was really cool when make ken is like alarmed and like that's how Hilo knew to duck and throw up deflection it's because he like could feel the alarm before he heard the horn or anything Yes, I think that this gave just like a lot of potential for like what combat can look like in this universe. Nice little taste, especially with like the way that he's channeling, you know, the jade power and that stuff. So I I loved it. I really did. I really enjoyed. And and I thought the action was written well, like I could understand what was going on Mm -hmm. and had a clear picture in my mind. And so that like makes me feel really good about the future for this book, just because I think that getting that kind of magic system, that combat, making it dynamic and thing is, is going to be, go a long way to like make this super cool. And I also, I also like that like Hilo is like one of the best fighters and he, he's like getting knocked around. Like no one's immune because like everyone has almost equal power. And then more than once, they it's putting up like deflection against strength, and then seeing what breaks, and you know, it's you're, everyone's like kind of on a tight line of who's going to win. Yeah, it really makes me excited for any conflicts that involve a larger number of green bones, and how they're able to sort of react off one another and and silently strategize in the moment yeah like you maybe see someone's field bend in some way you know you see their perception slip or their steel or you notice the aura change and so you react to like cover 
Yeah, it's very cool. And there's like that. a element of like everyone is vulnerable at some point, no matter what. So like you use this power and then like you know it drains you for a second. You kind of have to recover, and there's that always that or like period if you of, kill someone, it like yeah blinds you, and so that adds an element of just like suspense into the entire thing. Cause anytime anybody's fighting now, that's going to be part of that fight where there's going to, you know, at some point they're using this power, there's going to be a moment of vulnerability where one little slip can cost them their life. And so I think that adds a great element of like anybody can, can get it even though, you know, we've got very important characters and we'll kind of discuss that later on as well. I kind of think about the power usage like a vector chart, you know, where it's like an octagon and then like you've got like your six different, well, it'd be, there's six forms, so it'd be, what, a hexagon? Hexagon? Yeah. So you've got, and you basically have to take like your core power and then stretch it in a direction and then you lose on the other power because it has to hit that edge in order to do the thing effectively enough. So it kind of gives this like ebb and flow to, to the whole thing. And I love the portrayal here. Definitely. It adds just like an element of tension and suspense to that whole fight scene. Especially when Hilo's like kind of like wonky from, you know, using so much jade power and then like has to recover himself and get himself back together. So I love that. There's also the element, despite how well done it is, but just thinking now where it's like, you know, steel versus strength. And it's just when you're a little kid, I feel it. And you're like, I punch you with my strength. Well, I deflect it with my steel. And it, you know what I mean? You just make up nonsense powers when you're fighting. Yeah. So that you can't lose. It's just there's that little element, even though it's all internal. Just warms my heart. I was also you know thinking it. it's interesting that Hilo felt the alarm, ducked and flew threw up deflection, and then the bullets bounced into Make Tar. Like, where was Make Tar's? What was he doing? He doesn't have the same level of perception. Like maybe. he's yeah. just yeah. Like the bullets that went to Hilo bounced off him and hit Make Tar. So I guess being around. I guess you can't throw up deflection around your buddies. I don't know. <laughs> that seems like it could be problematic in the future. Yeah. Especially if you're dating a stone eye. To, to that point, man, I, I wish I... <laughs> it's dumb. It's me. I understand it's me. I know like it's just how, how my brain works. You're the but problem. It's you. <laughs> I want to understand what would happen if you were to use a gun while like tapping deflection. Would you be able to, like, does it affect the the bullet trajectory at all? Does it only affect other people? You know, it's so cool is there's like two and two and two quarters books more. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I understand. I want to see people but using a gun and like at the throwing moment. up a deflection field like 20 feet away and doing some ricochets. Just you for know. fun? Well, just like just as a like, way to get oh. around somebody. Oh, I see. To curve, around a curve wall a bullet. or something, yeah. Or is it is it strictly internal that it's like it only affects yourself? Yeah, like yeah. if the bullet hits you, it bounces off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what it seems like, but I would say yeah, it's it's right now it seems like it's on your person only. Yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Not like a force field. Well, if I were just a regular guy, just a regular reader, who hadn't read this series, I would say, oh, why are you asking me? But as co-host of this podcast, I would say, I don't know. Why are you asking me? 
good one. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I adore this section for so many reasons, and it just starts to paint that picture, right? And this is also the brutal nature of the show, because in a, in a normal format, you guys would just like keep reading, and you'd be like, well, I want to find out why that works, and I want to like do this, and I'm so sorry that we're doing this to you intentionally. You know, <laughs> Also in a normal format, I keep reading. <laughs> I just across. I was like, this section is so good. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was very sad to but stop. You can't reading. read the next one because you don't want to spoil. I'm always the, sad to stop. Yeah. It's good. It's good. We're we're taking our time now with book one. Originally this was like four episodes or five episodes for the whole thing, and then we the the date for Lightbringer got pushed out. So we got a little bit more time. But the other books more will torture. go faster than this. Yeah. All around. Well, more time to live in the primordial soup that is Jade City. I don't know. And what was your drink called? <laughs> yeah, primordial I'm soup. Blood and honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be called the primordial soup. Cool. <laughs> so, cool. Thomas, you had other things, right? I think you had an interesting quote. That would be nice. Oh yeah, I do. I did want to say there there are a couple of different things here that I, I really enjoyed. There's <clears throat> there's a lot that happens in this scene, but I love the way that after the combat fully resolves, that Tar needs to be taken care of in this. Hilo stands and like addresses the crowd, and there's just this this. I, I love the quote: "Icy fury rose and spread like white mist across Hilo's vision. It steadied his body and his voice as he pointed into the throng of." frightened bystanders as they pressed like packed fish into doorways and behind cars. And there's just this nice, I, I don't know, scene setting of like everyone peeking in on the, the gang violence, but like watching a car crash, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's that sort of, it's that bystander effect. And he claims that moment and says, you know, this, this is us. Make sure that everyone knows that like we are no longer, you know, give me those two people's heads on pikes now and, and just sort of addresses it in such a powerful way that it makes Hilo this very commanding presence that I, I really adore. I thought it was interesting too. He pointed to three specific people because, you know, in an emergency, you're supposed to like pick certain people to do things because everyone's like panicked. So he, he followed those rules like you call 911. You, I don't know, get the defibrillator. <laughs> that's truly, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's actually such a great observation that I hadn't even considered. It's 100%, you know, EMTA shit. Uh-huh. Because he knows, like, everyone's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shock. Right when they're tasked with it, they're like, oh, yeah. Okay, like, okay yeah, that. I got to do that right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Otherwise, he will kill me. <laughs> it's another piece of evidence on some of the things we got last week of how he has this like brutish exterior, but underneath, while he's committing all these violence, there's a lot of calculation going on underneath. Yeah, agreed. Great point. Yeah. There's this line at the very end of this week, which is like, being the horn is so tiring. I think that's like the final line of the week that we read. Mm-hmm. And you feel it here, I think, to some degree. You start to feel that weight of like all these choices that he has to make on the street all the time. One, it's brutal. Yeah. One last thing at this chapter that I think kind of coincides with the your quote which is why i pushed off on it is we did another unique green bone custom that i thought was interesting the collecting of the jade which makes a lot of sense given some of the other things we've re- read about throughout the chapters um, but i was just wondering if that stood out to anybody it stood out to me in the instance where like they were in a rush they had to leave but he still even though he's like 
rich with jade because it's tradition and because it's expected and obviously like it's it's wealth it's importance like it's status keep it out of the thieves hands that too like there's a lot of reasons to it but it still comes above the urgency of bringing somebody that's injured to the hospital he has to like cut his eyebrow rings out and stuff yeah that was yeah like it wasn't an easy retrieval (laughs) no It took a sentence, but it was still like you could imagine it probably took a couple minutes, 20, 30 seconds, a couple minutes, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about this more when once we're in Lon's chapter. Because I have combat? some. Yeah, totally. I have some thoughts about that, Jade. Mm-hmm. Cool. Poison Jade. Jade. With that, we go to chapter 19, that Council of War. We move to Shay having come back from the mine and continuing to work for Lon in uncovering the truth behind the missing Jade. She finds herself being followed by Khan on her way home, both of them returning from their respective night shifts. After calling the house, she returns to her familial home and finds Lon and Hilo embroiled in a council of war, planning the next move against the mountain. Con. What do we think about Khan? Khan's a spy. We gotta like fully on board dude. with Aaron now. He's a spy. Thank you. There is no fucking way that he's just your neighbor. <laughs> yeah. What is like, it? He's either he's either working for Hilo or he's working for bets. He's here's, working here's, for Doru. Here's what I'm looking for. taking bets. I I'm taking bets. I need I need bets by name. <laughs> okay. We can we can work it out beforehand. You can yeah, discuss. Like but I'm, you want Doru? Come come I, to your conclusions. I take Doru because there's going to be a time where Doru knows that she's caught on to his, his schemes with the jade being missing. Mm, I think that's a pretty good call. I claim Doru. <laughs> or or is it her grandpa can, who inexplicably knows where she's living? Doru knew where she was living. Was that Doru? Yeah. I thought it was her gr- I, I thought it was. No, she was like shuddered to know that yeah, Doru yep. knows where she lives. Okay. Then yeah, absolutely. You can't have Doru. I took him. Do you want Hilo? Yeah, you guys can all get the same thing. It's hmm? just like Do you want Hilo? No. I don't Originally, think it's I thought it was Hilo, but now I think it's Dory. Does anyone uh, take you guys can also plan? all pick the same I, I thing. I think it's I the no mountain, problem with that. but I also think Doru is working for the mountain. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I think it's the mountain, especially that sort of sinister sounding comment that he made about, like, I'm just a night watchman, but hopefully soon as this war is starting to rage more and more. <laughs> he like he's hoping for a more interesting role like it I just the doesn't... night watchman what thing was an interesting like little easter egg situation like yeah. <laughs> if he's watching her like or if he's like supposed to be security for her yeah i was thinking at first security because yeah. of hilo yeah but now i think it's doru i'll jump on board with your doru so no so one's we're all going Doru. Yeah. Hilo. <laughs> Mixing up. Hilo. Uh, I, I, I think it's Mountain. I think he probably has interaction with Doru, but to be different, I am staking my claim as he is working primarily for the Mountain clan. All right. So I just crossed. What do you guys you think? Up on that to even it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crazy. I think it's a Night Watchman. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. He actually works as a elevator operator. And just nights. That's all he's doing. 
Yes. <laughs> Did Another he say specifically <laughs> what his job was? Was it security or night watch or like what? What was his job that he listed? I thought it was I, security. I've got it right here. Give me two he, seconds. I do know. I'm just not saying. Being obtruse, I believe the word is obtuse. Is the word obtuse. obtuse. We love you. Hi again. Not really. Just a work evenings. <laughs> Getting there. You could just tell us since we're all working, looking for it. I'm a security guard. It's nothing very dangerous. Rather boring, to be honest. I'm hoping I'll get a new job soon. Something more interesting. Yep, that's it. I don't think he's lying, but I don't think security yeah. guard is necessarily his job title. And her mentioning, the, like, her yeah. mentioning, like, I wish I had perception to see, like, what he's inferring. It's like, I, you know... They know he can follow her around because she's not wearing her jade. I'm switching my bat to Hilo. Switch it, cross. All right, on the All right. Got it. just in under the, the wire. The switch shall be made. Made it under the wire. So I do want to mention, of course, we've been talking a little bit about Shay and Doru, but Shay and Doru, of course, we understand, but the details in the background there. But this also elaborates further that this isn't a family that is really open or honest with each other because of the way that, like. Doru doesn't know that she knows, and as such, I think ever very few anyone else isn't aware. I think Lon isn't aware as far as we're aware. It neither is Hilo, although Hilo gets some scummy vibes off of him to begin with for completely different reasons. So the, this like sort of it, the family isn't even opaque; they just don't talk to each other about these kind of things. You're talking about him being a pedophile. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah, that was concerning. <laughs> <laughs> just well like when when they're like oh no is it doru lon's all like but he's granddad's trusted friend they have tea together he's like he would never and i'm like why don't you tell him now yeah like, now would yeah. be a good time to be like well yeah exactly he took nude photos of my child friend how about that so Especially maybe we start there. Yeah. <laughs> start at the beginning <laughs> let me ask a question for the squad here last week we learned we learn about Doru's sit habits, right? And then we have Lon saying he shudders to think of the places that Doru suggested him when he was at the pleasure house, right? So it's like, my dude, can we put two and two together when you yeah. see the secretary? What are we doing, Lon? Oh, they also mention he's ballless. Do you think he's yes. like a monk, like castrated? A eunuch? That's eunuch, thank you. <laughs> Interesting. Hilo calls him a perv yeah. at one point, too. Mm-hmm. maybe they know a little bit well maybe it seems like they have all these like Thomas said I think they have a lot of puzzle pieces but they're not quite putting the puzzle together all together at this point mm-hmm. and then I, I think this comes together a little bit in chapter 21 as we talk about the triumvirate more but you know yeah, yeah. anyway and Shay's got the final puzzle piece and she refuses to be like hey I found the final corner here and tell everybody that what the what they're looking for so not- no instead she took that piece to america and <laughs> exactly. fucked off for, you know, <laughs> to go to school <laughs> i feel like to be fair to shay she told the most powerful and the man she respected True. most and he did nothing True. so i i understand her not feeling like she, she would feel powerless her. at that point yeah. yeah oh no yeah i i totally I totally 100% agree with that. Just memeing on the other bit of it with the brothers. But yeah, she did reach into the most powerful person in the entire clan 
arguably in the top two or three in the country and he shrugged it off like it was nothing yeah when you go in expecting support and then you don't get it that would crush your world at that point so yeah grandpa is racist and a enabler enabler of of pedophiles child pornography (laughs) tough tough great job grandpa that's pretty it's not a good look (laughs) not a good look on you it's not a good place to start mean to his his grandsons just like what are we doing very mean to helo so we do i do want to get into that specifically he is such an asshole the helo in this section yeah what'd you make of that reaction compared to like even how he talks to lawn or shay yeah there's it it Gives you insight into why Hilo kind of acts the way he does. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that interaction. I was too. It's like, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where's this coming from, Grandpa? Are you just like, your mind not there? Or I figured he would be into that type of thing. Yeah, I, I'm surprised by it because like, if Lon isn't what he wants out of a leader (laughs) and Hilo isn't what he wants out of a horn. Like what, who does he, uh, he wants Shay. He wants Shay. I think he wants himself. Or he wants himself, but who would satisfy him as the successor of the clan is like, does it have to be somebody entirely well-rounded? Like, is it possible to satisfy him in that way? I don't think so at this point, just because he's chasing after a dead person. Yeah. Right. Right. He's chasing after do, which is, you know, so, so tough. Who probably wasn't even the person that grandpa thought he was. I bet he was a dick to his own son too. Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's fine. I mean, we did get a brief flash of that last week. So there, there is some precedence, but not fully. We don't have a fully painted picture of Lon's memory of Kaldu. Because mm-hmm. he's really, he's the one who has the most intense memory because he was so much older than the other two of whom we've mentioned are basically Irish twins. So, yeah. I also really, to to back up just a little bit in the chapter, I really appreciate, and this gets reiterated later, I think in the last chapter of the week too, but Lon being really serious about maintaining Shay's boundary of like working for the clan, I think is really excellent. I, I'd like a, a stand-up trait that I think I really love out of lawn is this idea of like you don't want to do this you genuinely don't have to you're doing me a favor you don't need to get rope back into all of this i just need you for what you're particularly good at and nothing else i'm asking you a favor and i i just really enjoy that from lawn in this section and later and Shay mm-hmm. seemed to really get into it and i don't know maybe she'll realize she actually does want well, to be i love how she, it made her feel like she was like why do i want to be in this room so much but <laughs> like <laughs> I, I i told them i don't want to be here but here i am like getting ushered out but i want to be in there it's like what is going on i love that like which conflict for her yeah mm-hmm. uh, and we kind of got I, into that last week where it's like she kind of wants her cake and she wants to eat it too and even more so this week where she's like told them I don't want to be involved, but now she's, she does. So that's great. I have a sneaky conspiracy corner to, to crawl into because it's been conveniently left out a little bit of like her, her feelings after spending time in the vault. And she has been spending an extraordinary amount of time in the vault. She's been spending late nights 
doing calculations and it was mentioned when she was walking in that getting trapped in there was a sure fire like conviction to like descending into madness i do think that this comes up later in family talk but i appreciate bringing it up now yeah i'm just i'm just saying like what if lon knows this and is like she's going to get a little like touch of jade fever and she's gonna gonna want to join the clan but i'm gonna let her do that on her own and pretend that i'm entirely neutral Mm. oh so you think he's like i don't think lawn's that schemey i don't think he's that schemey either but i I just want to present it as a conspiracy corner like option he would never (laughs) good boy lawn i think he is a good boy. aaron loves lawn you can see it i think he's a good boy i'm gonna say he's a good boy good boy launching balls is our boy (laughs) our boy launching balls Oh, no, man, that, that seems too schemey for Lon. It's fair. And she could have, I don't know, she probably could have found a way to copy all that stuff. Not right above all the jade. And it's a lead line vault. She was talking about being in the vault going into madness. She's not in the vault. That's she's true. Kind of checking she's records. near it. Yeah. But she was in the above mine it. as well, which also had that warning associated with it. I think it's sure. a she did experience some jade about. overload. Yeah. In proximity. Yeah. Right. I think. And she seems also to be thinking about it more and kind of craving it a little bit. So I could see that. Do Did she ever say why she took it off in the first place? Can you not like go to Espina wearing all your jade? I don't know. It doesn't work over there. I'm kidding. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was kind of a symbolic. Maybe that's thing. why they want it. Yeah. I think it was like a symbolic decision that she's kind of like giving it up, mm-hmm. stepping away from the family for a different life. Did you have something, Thomas? Yeah, it teases, I think, back to the question I asked you guys the first week. What do we think that Jade Fever is? Is it physical? And so maybe she got that contact high that PJ was alluding to, or is it just that Lon is, you think Lon is steaming just by having Jade on the mind, she's going to want to dive back in? I think it's, I, I'm going to kind of reiterate my answer last time you posed this was it, it's a combination of physical and mental dependencies and it's like it's a physical addiction but that's not not mental you know like there there is a mental aspect to it i would agree with that like heroin yeah just like heroin you're run-of-the-mill heroin it affects you by proximity not by like usage like if you got addicted to radiation poisoning Or plastics, like all of us. I love that comparison. Oh yeah, plastics. Sure. Love it. Chapter 20. Clean Blades at the Factory. No Peach surrounds a mountain training facility where the failed assassins fled after attempt on Hilo's life. After Lon and Hilo send in a messenger, Ice agrees to their demands and Dom and Chan step out to face their fate. With a twist, Dom, second fist of the mountain clan, offers Lon a clean blade a sacred greenbone right to a duel to the death. Lon accepts and ultimately prevails, proving his mettle. I'm just going to jump in because I'm very excited. When this shook out, I was like so excited to do this chapter because there's so much going on here. And like, not just 
the obvious stuff. It's like so cool. Favorite chapter yet. And he also asks for a death of consequence specifically, of which I love the use in this verbiage that we're already starting to build in the language. So Queen Blade, Death of Consequence, and, that, and all of it is just so cool. That was Hilo, wasn't it? Because death I, of consequence allows allows someone to like appoint a champion. So Hilo yeah, was Hilo saying, yeah, Hilo was yeah. like, "Why? Let's do a death of consequence." And Lon was yeah. like, "No, baby, bro, I got to do this." Yeah. yeah, and I feel bad for the other <laughs> mountain guy. They're like, "Fuck that guy." He's a baby. <laughs> just slit his throat. Also, I deserve a clean blade. It's also like, why did that guy get invited? <laughs> They're just roasting him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Well, he was part of the party that tried to assassinate Hilo. Yeah, no, that, that, was, like, that was the terms. Why chosen to that? Why cho- Why was he chosen for that task? <laughs> They're like, yeah. It's interesting, too, where it's like Mata is like, yes, I made a mistake, so kill these two. <laughs> and they just have to, like, right. go be killed, you know? I'm glad that they saw that as the chess move that it was, and I love that that was kind of the setup. Like, they know that this isn't just the end of things. Like, this is just kind of like an opening move on the chessboard is what they called it, and I love that idea and, like, that opens up the rest of the book so much. I just feel like now we're in like this little battle back and forth and Lon's got to get scheming like we've been talking about, but I I love that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I I do want to clarify specifically a death of consequence is a green bones right to go down fighting instead of submitting to execution. Hilo does offer to take over again for a death of consequence in the moment on this page. So he's like a death of consequence. Then that's cool. Make Ken and I will do it. Like that's fine. But a clean blade is specifically a duel. So it's both in this okay. case, it's a death of consequence and a clean blade. Just as a, a note of clarification, because Ga- we do know from our, I'm sorry. Um, no, you know, you're going to say what I'm about to say. So. Yeah. The sleeveless guy. What's his name? Mm-hmm. Gaunt Ash. Gaunt. Yeah. He he survived the death of consequence, which was a ton of people cutting him up. Right. And that's why he has mm-hmm. all those scars. Yeah. Yes, exactly. For his his right to go down fighting to as many people. So I guess technically speaking, in this moment, he's denied the death of consequence, which could be everyone fighting him. He's still given the death of consequence because he has the right to fight in this last moment. But specifically, Lon turns down the full thing and says we'll do clean blades instead like i need to show my power in this i don't i disagree Uh, with that assessment of events i think the clean blade is a separate thing than a death it is it is a separate thing right it's just but i don't think they're paired together at all i think hilo offers it as an alternative as other people have said because it's not mentioned until hilo brings it up in this chapter it's mentioned earlier when with gone yeah that's fair hilo does kind of use it as an out of sorts He's saying, uh, so, but he does ask for like, a clean blade. It's kind of yeah. like clean blade is a subset, a more specific version of well, a death of consequence. Gaunt, I think yes, death of consequence. Kind of. Gaunt offers that to non green bones. The clean blade is specifically a green bone on green bone thing. Was how I interpreted it. Oh, I like that. The that death of sense. consequence is still a green bone thing, specifically based on the definition earlier. But it is it is meant to be you're allowed to go down fighting, just in general, not a duel. Not calling for a duel. Search on my Kindle. That was the definition from page 102 and 103. I love this chapter for so many reasons. It finally gets to the heart of like a lot of these different components 
of Greenbone culture in a way that we hadn't seen before. There's this other component that goes throughout the entire chapter, I think, beyond just the shark jets of it all, kind of, as as we approach this, but like more serious, more violent. There's this like concept of greenness and of being greener than someone else. I wanted to pick your brains on that and what you thought when that was brought up, not only in this chapter, but kind of throughout the week. Mm-hmm. It feels counter to what I know green to be. Oh, like in like, our world? What do you mean? In our world, green is like novice mm-hmm. and like rookie. So it's 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 immediately when they describe it, I think of it opposite of what they're actually talking about. I hadn't thought um, of it that way yet. That, yeah. No, I think of, I thought of it as how she means it, which is who's like the hardest. Right. Yeah. The most adept. But that terminology, though, greener than more jade, more. There's just so much that gets like wrapped into this duel in general and the concept that Aisho starts to be made a little bit more clear. These sort of rules that float above that we start to get an understanding from a cultural perspective of as well. What I want to know is, and this ties a few different things we've already talked about or will talk about together, but what are the limits? What are the limits of the amount of jade that somebody can have on them at a time? Can jade be poison? <laughs> well, there's that too. Can it be intentionally poisoned? Yes, jade poison? Can you have bad jade? Yep. If you take jade, are you required to wear it as a green bone? Or can you just have a collection of unworn jade? Feels like honor demands that you wear it and you have to, like, that's kind of speaking to what cross was saying about the concept of greenness, like that proves your greenness that you can carry. How, sick how, of jade. <laughs> how do you get Jade? So you get Jade when you graduate from the Institute, then is the only other way to get Jade by killing people? <laughs> yeah. I would assume they can like buy it, right? Can you not just buy Jade? Potentially. We're not necessarily given that answer, although we know that it's not easy to acquire. Like, it's not an open market by yeah. any means. It's your family has jade. Yeah. There there seem to be other means of acquiring jade outside of currency, including dueling in our capacity that we understand. And not every duel necessarily needs to be a clean blade. You know, this is the first time that we've been presented with it. Yeah, like... Um, honor duels, you know. Well, even even the chapter before where they, they go off... Like they describe the Hilo fight. Hilo talks about how he has all this all this jade that's it was won by the makes. Like th- this is entitled to the makes because they killed these people in that fight, even though it wasn't a duel and they didn't collect it themselves. But they're entitled to it. Mm-hmm. So it's any sort of killing of anybody that has jade seems to be the way that it's passed on. But there's got to be a way to get jade. Without killing another green bone, right? I mean, you can just buy it from that from that blind dude. Not blind dude. The <laughs> three fingered dude that's no longer alive. <laughs> three finger G. Three finger G. Yeah. <laughs> like you could. Can green bones buy it from the black market? I'm sure they could. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a green bone like Tiffany's on the corner? <laughs> <laughs> like Later, that. they do talk about getting it reset, and I think that that's kind of a, a component, mm-hmm. right? It's like someone. We well, don't want the bloody eyebrow one things. in the same setting. You want that one right in your lip. You want it right there, like right. 
yeah, fish can, hook style. Does having a green bone protect you against hepatitis? <laughs> uh, only A, not B or C. Let's like A, you're good. B and C, you're you're messed up. It's true. But this this chapter, no STD production. Back either. to the chapter. I thought this really this chapter made me like Lon a lot more. Oh, Lon was freaking. Because awesome he like could chapter. see yeah. what was going on behind the curtain. He's like, okay, they're measuring me. He's like, obviously, Hilo has shown his toughness. He su- he had such a good read on the entire situation. Yeah, and then he goes on, and you know, it was like I think Harry Potter with the the two wands fighting, you know, and then Lon's mm-hmm. held out, and it left the other guy drained, gum. And then sliced his guts open. Pretty sick. Yeah, I love that he like knew how fucked this situation was, <laughs> and he had a, like like I said, he had a great read on the entire thing. But he's like, I have to do this specific thing to get us through this, to cement my spot, to show everybody that I can handle this situation. And he's just like, so I'm just gonna fucking do it, and. It's going to suck, but I'm going to do it. And I I appreciate that about him. It's great. And he fought violently, valiantly, and valiantly, <laughs> bravely. And it seems like to me, there's more, there's like a deeper play here from Mata. I, Mata, like we were talking about, like either this jade is poisoned or. She's like testing his. Well, it was interesting that he hasn't like fought at all. Shouldn't he, like, even, you know, royalty or whatever, like, they still like practice fighting even when they're not really fighting? Like, shouldn't Lon be keeping up, like, like, his, yeah, you know, or he's like more hurt than what he's kind of letting on at this point? So I don't, I don't know what it is, but it seems like this is kind of a turning point for. For lawn. He's a little broken. He is. Definitely. But I'm proud of him. This is obviously a pretty lawn heavy chapter, but given the military aspects of it, Hilo factors quite prominently as well. What do we make of the Hilo segments? You know, so we see up close his importance to the clan. We see Lon's perception of that. And there's some nice brotherly things at the end as well. Yeah, I thought to start on the last point, I thought when Hilo was like, lay down, it's no one's here but us. Like Hilo clearly like cares a lot about Lon being okay and kind of shows a softer side to Hilo. Yeah, this chapter and the next chapter. Um mm-hmm. the those like they went a long way for me with Hilo, actually. I did enjoy like his fondness for Lon and his respect for like the hierarchy. It's not like he's trying to steal like Lon's position as pillar or anything like that. Like he's very loyal, very loyal uh, to the family and to their clan. And that's reflected in his men, obviously, but I feel like Lon knew that and decided that he needed to like earn some, some of his own respect. And I like that. He just took that into his own hands. Yeah. It, it, I mean, beyond that, he's also kind of been floating. He's been, he hasn't quite found his place in the clan. He's been appointed to this position and 
honestly, he seems uncomfortable becoming a wartime pillar. But it seems like it's kind of the place that he needs to be. He he has been, frankly, skirting by as a peacetime pillar. But he hasn't actually like made a name for himself in that sense. And now, like, despite it not being what he wants, he is making a name for himself with a bang as a wartime pillar. Yeah. Yeah, usually the best people for those positions... I've mentioned this before, the people that don't want them, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I think lawn totally fits into that category. Like our Jon snow type leader. Mm. <laughs> Aaron looks like she's keeping something in. We're good. Jon snow. <laughs> Is that a My sexual? Mm? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Seem like a reminisce. <laughs> I will say I'm worried about Lon because he was already losing sleep when we first met him, and now he's got some maybe a little too much jade. Maybe it's poison. I know. I think Hilo's gonna need to step up even more and keep a watch on his right. brother. And yeah, and I was talking about this before the episode started, but. I and I don't like to. We're, I don't. I know we're not comparing things to Red Rising, but I have full on Red Rising brain at this point because I was just expecting Lon to die <laughs> here. I was like, oh, we've got this is a Hilo fake out death into a Lon death, and I was like, I'm so ready for this. I was like, so 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 scared for him this entire chapter. So I was like, just completely relieved when he survived. I knew it was going to win. <laughs> you did? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I believed. here we go. Mm-hmm. But that's, thank you, Pierce Brown, for breaking my for breaking your spirit. <laughs> my, <brain. laughs> my spirit. <Yeah>. Pierce, Pierce <laughs> broke me, and then Joe Abercrombie <laughs> broke my fucking back. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A broken, broken man. <laughs> Thomas, do you have anything else that you want to bring up in this chapter? Well... You know, obviously the listeners do not see our notes. This week I took the precaution of redacting some of the document even before it was limitless. So, Cross, <laughs> is my redacted segment too much for our stalwart group? No, not this one. I thought this was good. Okay. So, I thought all of them were fine. I think you're fine. Okay. There is that realization from Milan that he has to become a wartime pillar. And as he reaches that conclusion, he also has another sort of calculus going on where early in the chapter I tried to touch on, he sees Hilo's position and then later on he's hesitant to let Hilo build on that here. Seems to be, you know, like he doesn't want to raise Hilo's wartime position even further at his own expense. Maybe we're like, what are we supposed to make of that? I just feel like it just, he knows that Hilo being fully in charge like that means utter destruction like he's the only he's like kind of the dam that's holding back the river that is Hilo the river of destruction and so if yeah if Hilo was given carte blanche to just like he loves it you can like he loves that aspect of it and like he likes warring with the mountain clan and he has no issue like bringing the war to them and I think I just feel like uh, Lon knows at that point 
not only does that mean probably destruction of their clan, but probably pretty good destruction of Mountain Clan and the weakening of Jade City, Jan Loon, and the whole country at that point. So I think it just, the domino effect is like, of that situation is what Lon feels like he's holding that. He's the only person that can hold that back. Even though he doesn't want to be that person, he's the man for the job. Bouncing off of that, I think there's a very clear reason why that sort of green bone adage was given to us in the previous section of like the screaming babies being just fiery emotional fighters and Hilo embodying that. Like there was the flashback to the to Hilo being a baby and mm-hmm. him crying incessantly. Yeah, I, I don't think Hilo is the thinker of the group. I think Hilo needs to be the fighter, needs to be the muscle, and Lon needs to be the decision maker for a variety of reasons. Hilo's a little emotional. A little, a little reactive, perhaps. A little reactive. Our boy, Hilo. I don't know if we can start that yet. I say that every our, time you bring in out too our many boy. Our boys? <laughs> you, bring, you bring in our boy too early every single book. You're right, ultimately, most of the time. But it feels early. I don't Except know. for like our boy Zane, right? Like that was... I oh, no, I'm still, I'm still on that group. I'm still on okay, that. Cool. <laughs> group chat. I've still on that train. Choo-choo. Withholding my our boys and dows and lads and lasses i have some you know i got a lot of fans our boy doru yeah not our him, boy no. doru fuck yeah. you that one no, 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 no. probably not <laughs> <laughs> but i don't want to tip our my hand call. You know our boy call <laughs> which one our, boy, our <laughs> fan like call. yeah all right with that let's get into chapter 21 family talk Meanwhile, back at the Colin State, Shay is wrestling again with her clan identity while talking with her granda. Shay presents Lon and Hilo with the facts, and the loyalty of Doru or his underlings are called into question. The meeting ends with her agreeing to send copies of her findings to Woon and agreeing to come later to some family dinners. Woon Papidanwa. Woon Papidanwa. Oh, thank you for Papidanwa. shouting out. One of the best names. <laughs> One it's of the best names in fantasy ever. <laughs> Papi Danwa. Papi Danwa. I say it like that. Now when I'm reading Woon it, I, I just Danwa. say it like three times. I'm, I'm like, Woon Papi Danwa. Woon Here's Papi Danwa. <laughs> our guy. Papi. Papi Danwa. Papi. Yeah. You know, like he's. Woon yeah. is our guy. Our boy Woon. Woon. Our, our Pillarman wound. Yeah. There, there's so many things here. I love I love a lot of the core memories that we get like back in a room finding your notebooks, talking about the notebooks, and the this like really kind of sibling comparison that we get for me in my head reminds me of the old Stanford study that was done that shows that like more important, perhaps controversially than astrology, is the order in which you're born inside of a family, because that dictates like the way that parents treat you and like how that all kind of flows downward and seems to guide more people's life paths and so i love that we kind of get that to some degree in the formation of lawn hilo and shay and how they're treated within their family in a very similar way i i just i adore that entire bit that comes in this section and then i was confused were they in the academy or what's it called the school together yes iris twins so same year 
Okay. Because I, I was thinking seem- Hilo was like more older it, than there that. may have been a year difference but she like was at the same proficiency but their grades were compared i think they were the same year yeah they graduated the same year yeah yeah and maybe maybe a class isn't just what we think is like maybe it involves a wider age range or something yeah right but yeah as someone with an older brother i relate to shay as, As the some, oldest brother, I relate to Lon. Yeah, <laughs> same, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> it made me wonder if my siblings made similar comparisons and I was just too oblivious to like, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know about that. It was like always my goal in life to beat my brother at Mario Kart. And the only time I've ever beat him is when he was super fucked up, like drunk or high or something. <laughs> and I was like, ha, I got you. But he still, like, almost kicked my ass. Wow. My brother resented me so much for how good I was at video games that he got really good at Mario Kart and set a world record on one of the courses and <laughs> held it for six months. He was See, 11 years old. That's what I should have done. He was 11 years old. That's that type of vendetta, you know? That's that's the energy. I didn't have that commitment. <laughs> younger brothers bring in. Yeah. I, for, like, 10 seconds, had the Wii record for Coconut Mall in the United States. Mm. And then immediately, just boom, beaten, tough. I, I'd have to ask Bing what the chorus was, but he got so obsessed. And he, this this chapter just gives me that heavy sibling energy of like that competition. And also that dynamic of like the social sibling versus the nerdy sibling. The yeah. sibling that has something to prove versus the one of whom doesn't feel that sort of calcitrant to bind to the previous generation. You know? Yeah. Know. I didn't know how to like feel in the moment where like he gives it back to her and she's like, he didn't even rip it up or like take it from me. Like it's just, (laughs) it's just uh, like pity almost. Yeah. It's almost worse that way. Way worse. I would say of like, I don't even give a shit, but like, I think it's funny that you do. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> Good for you. Here's it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's formative though. I know my, for sure. I know that that's how my siblings like act. My younger two, right? And I'm I'm totally in the lawn headspace. So like I understand from a distance what that looks like. But we love you, Piper. I've said Bingham's name many times on the show. I I don't shut out my sister enough on the show. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're the most successful of the three of us. We love you dearly. Good work, middle kid. Piper clears. <laughs> Piper clears. But yeah, I, I just, I love, I love also the way that this interplays into that relationship, right? And it plays into this, this thing that gets brought up over the chapter of this idea of the three of them being the expected triumvirate for the clan. This was supposed to be the way that the clan was going to go. Lon was going to be the pillar, Hila the horn, and Shay the weatherman. And... There are these expectations that have been placed on them forever, and they've all fit those guidelines as they've been raised and as they've been guided. Um, but I want to ask, and this was my planned bet. I'm so glad we went with Khan as well. But my planned bet is, do you think the triumvirate as described comes together in this book, in the series, maybe even? Do you think yeah. we get the, the trio? In the series? I think so. Yes. In this book, no. Did you look at the last page? No. <laughs> Did you? Did you? No. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> um, I, think, I think Shay's going to try and hold out as long as she can. 
It might be I, a la- it think, might be a last page thing though. You're right. I think you're right. I think we end this book without a weatherman. Does Woon Papi Danwa eat it? Woon Papi Danwa. I mean, Doru is the weatherman, but Woon seems to be maybe next up. He's kind of got. He's got mm-hmm. some. He's got some energy. He's definitely the weatherman in waiting. It seems like. Hum, too, what's his name? Hummy. Hummy to Mishima. That was pretty close. He's also to Mishunwan. Yeah, he's he's also in the weatherman's office and noted a couple of times too. What's his full name? So I'll remember it in a second. I think we end this book without a weatherman, and Shay will be the next weatherman, but it doesn't happen until a couple chapters into the next book. Okay. Ben, not in this book. Do you have a prediction for when, where, how? I would agree Why? with PJ second book. These are long bets. We got we got a lot of podcasts to do. I had Aaron, I had bets for Red Rising that didn't pay off until fucking Dark Age. <laughs> Dude, you've some that haven't paid off. I like, have, we some have some that haven't paid that off. You made that are not done. You don't know the about book series isn't. Inf- I don't even fucking wow. know if you're right or not. So <laughs> there's awesome. there's some of them where I'm like maybe for mine I'm gonna say yes in this book just to be my own person. So when Lightbringer comes out, are you you're gonna read it fast, Cross? And then Yeah, I'm gonna read it in two weeks, which Jay is the time span for the end of the show. Has yeah. to read it in chunks. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. I feel bad for you, PJ. Of course it's two months. <laughs> we, <laughs> when when Dark Age came out, we were driving to Colorado to meet Pierce and we were like trying to like speed read it. I didn't get through it before we met him. I had to whip you to read that book pretty much. <laughs> I didn't like how sad. I was it like, was. you have to finish it. <laughs> you have to I was finish like, it. I'm, de- make it I'm depressed. End. I don't want to read it. <laughs> Let it be known. This is another Red Rising pitch. If you haven't read the series, go read it. Go check out both of our podcasts yeah, sorry. on the Atomic Pylon Media Network. You'll love them. Okay. So, yes, um, we get the, tr- what do you call it? Triumvirate? Yes, as described. You're going this book? This book. I like it. Okay. Judges, here's a question I, for you. Can the all-knowing readers pre-plan bets? Feels a little inappropriate to me. What do you mean? Pre-plan I bets? Just, like you had a you had a I like when the bets are from them getting all <laughs> chirpy at us. I don't like when we have a bet pre-planned. I like the chirpy nature. Oh, I, I like it to come on the fly. I didn't necessarily plan that bet, okay. but I had a theory that it was going to happen. Okay, then that's so. In like line. I was, I was leaning into it, but I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit, of all of them, I was leaning into this one a little bit more. I would say that uh, at least but. early on here in our podcasting life together, I would like to be prompted on some bets so that I can start to think about cool. bets. Okay. And then I, bring I'd like a minimum of one an episode. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of my thought. Like one an episode at the very least. We got two this time. I'll start. Up for the first now I'm going to be reading more with the idea of what could be a bet. Of what could be a bet. Because I love gambling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. Talk about that the <laughs> There's a lot here that that goes on with Poppy Down. There's a lot here that goes on with Grandpa as well. That's that's talked about between the two of them as like Shay meant to be the inheritor. Like the favorite of the sons is the girl because she was the best. And in some ways, you, you definitely get that from his perspective. I want to know what your thoughts were on the that grandpa, that father figure relationship between Shay and Kalsen. I thought we saw Kalsen being a lot more more vulnerable and 
basically being like, I don't want to live in this world where these idiots are running everything. That was a little sad. But I think he would only let his guard down like that around Shay because they have like a special relationship. It does feel a little bit one-sided. Like he seems to adore Shay more than Shay likes him back. She's clearly like lost something for him that she had previously. There's also a decent amount of just general sexism that (laughs) comes with the territory of being a super old person. That does come up a couple of times here. No no doubt that like you're my favorite of the sons. It's like, well, I'm a daughter. I don't need to be a fucking son. You asshole. You tell him, Chris. And the way he says it, he should like, sorry, he should be honored. She should be honored to hear that type of thing, you know? Yeah. Mm. Right. And she's like, well, you let your pervy friend stick around. So I don't trust you anymore. But she doesn't say that. It's just there. I know. You know. Right. But it's all complicated. Anything with families is layered and complicated. And you're adding in royalty and superpowers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot to tack on. But at the very least, at the very least, she's in his favor, which is a good place to be at this point. We, uh, yes, she's definitely in favor, but at the same time, like kind of on the outs for a couple of different things of which he doesn't bring up his wounds, you know, dating and Spenian and also like leaving and becoming Jade List and like not picking up those things feels like it's a generational kind of problem for him. At the same time, he's seemingly more willing to overlook it than he is, for instance, with his feelings about Hilo, of whom he has picked up and ran with the family flag to some degree. Um, mm-hmm. and that's that's an interesting juxtaposition, especially from racist aging asshole Gramps here. <laughs> yeah, in the background. But this is also, we talked a lot about this earlier, so I don't want to belabor the point, but this is where we really get the connecting of the call of siblings and they really chat that we, t- we talked about earlier. This is where, again, some of those boundaries are reiterated for Shay, but also... There is this final, and we talked about this a little bit, but there's this, you can't have it both ways, which is literally the quote from this chapter. I love that you guys brought it up last chapter or last week, and you guys were already keying in the (laughs) fact that like she was dealing with like this dueling thing. And I was just, I was like, ooh, sweet payoff (laughs) because she is, she's, she's dealing with this duality of like, I want to be my own person, but at the same time, I feel this collective responsibility to the family that raised me and the people that I know and love. I do. I do want to like intro that to say, I do feel a little bit bad for the way I, I I felt, I felt like in post, I was attacking her a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I think this does kind of redeem some of the whininess though. This week kind of, I, I would say in the last section, you guys were getting kind of a whiny vibe off of her. I was. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't yeah. feel bad, PJ. And I think that this <laughs> week, this situation and her emotions around it and her recognition of the situation kind of redeems some of that whininess. I wasn't getting that as much last week, but I think that her recognizing it and owning it and knowing that she's conflicted and feeling these feelings and like, Yes, she is trying to have it both ways. And what is she going to do? She needs to make an actual decision or recognize that kind of redeems some of those 
whiny qualities, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think this was a good week for Shay, and she got the job done. She has all the proof, which I feel like is going to get stolen for, by Khan. That's going to go bad. But that's fine. <laughs> she needs a safe. That's why there are three copies, which just <laughs> seems so aggressive for the record. I was like, three copies? And they Two have cars, and they have copy like, machines. Do they have fax machines? It seems like they don't have a lot of... They have phones, so they do have fax machines because they're invented right around the same time. Well, in our world. Sure. Sure. She can fax them out. It seems like that information is definitely going to get intercepted. Stolen somehow, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Hashtag fax that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just fax it, Shay. Sheesh. She Shay facts it. I do agree <laughs> that with myself that <laughs> ultimate flex. I believe that I am correct. All right. I do agree with me from last week that she's just ultimately going to choose to stop shirking her responsibility and help her brother out. Do you think that she's going to? It's yeah. interesting. Oh god! It's interesting that you think of it as shirking a responsibility versus that that's like my interest in in your argument is it like to be a member of the yakuza if you choose not to <laughs> like take part in that violence but your family does and they still like warrant you being around and you still benefit responsibility from being a part of that prestigious well, the, family she she actively is she, at the end of this chapter, she's actively like facing that down to some degree, right? Like she's like, yeah, I don't feel the need. Like I don't feel like it's right to benefit from this. At the same time, if I do, like I, sh- I feel like I should be contributing because I know all these things. So, my core point being though is that where where do you actually put that guilt on like an emotional chart? Like where on the doll did this hurt you as a clan member of a gang? <laughs> I guess. Mm. I think once Doru, it's tough. It's tough. Once Doru and Granda are dead and gone, then she'll be more excited about filling her gang violence role <laughs> as a family member of this family. And you're, I think you're totally right. I think Lon and Hilo definitely. Do you need, think she has an her. obligation to join a gang? It's not a gang. They're like. It is literally a gang. <sighs> Hilo's part is the gang. I guess my my only rebuttal <laughs> to this my only rebuttal to this entire sort of line of questioning is if she didn't want to involve herself when she moved back to KCON, why has she not adopted a different name? Like why has she decided to maintain her call name, which is what ties her to all of this? Did she not take her husband? Didn't she marry the Aspinian? Or was that just no. a boyfriend? No. 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 Yeah. Okay. Boyfriend. Shithead boyfriend. Speaking before I forget this thought, I thought it was interesting that Hilo was like, Don't you wanna be call make when? I was like, You would would you keep make? Hmm. Good question. Just wondering. Not sure how the mentions <laughs> work on that one. Yeah, that seemed that that felt like more of a difference in Western, like modern Earth side Western <laughs> naming conventions versus what this might 
B. It was interesting that the planet did get named in this section as Earth. That's true. Oh, in the interlude? Yep. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Are we on Earth? We are on Earth. Not the Earth that we know. Okay. Just for the record. It's like a... Yeah. Different a different Earth. A different but Milky it is Way. Named the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's important to recognize it as a proxy in a lot of ways. Like there, there are obvious proxies that will become clear over time. I'm not going to make any assumptions for you, but that it is s- similar and different at the same time. Nothing is meant to be the same, but it's meant to be evocative of the same kind of things. So, but back to Shay, I think that she will at some point be more involved in the family. I think that she has a right to return to the country, not be involved with gang violence or You're going hard on this gang thing. Clan business. Clan business. Clan. 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 They're not gangs. It's the same difference. Well, (laughs) I think I agree with you. She has a right to that, but she is not doing everything in her power to distance herself from it. Sure. That's that's She also has a right to like still see her family and hang out with them but she's all like peeved that they didn't call her right away and she, she's not like on the list of people to talk peeved. to i think she just said this would be easier if i could do this but i'm not doing it no she was peeved. she was peeved that things, like though. she had to call the house she was like i wouldn't have even known about any of this had i not called right she's recognizing Hilo that. being injured yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah, there there is some element of that, but I think that's also I, I think the other side of this that I really want to bring up that I've reiterated a couple of times to some degree is like Lon is actually being a very emotionally healthy individual by keeping those boundaries for her and like allowing for her to make the choice, which is an incredible thing to do as a character. Yeah. I don't I can't think of any character that like places more guilt. Often it's it's that character that places guilt for someone to make a choice. Instead, what Lana's doing is giving the opportunity to see, but at the same time, you don't have to choose. You don't have to make the choice all the time. It's not directly influencing. Conspiracy Corner, I get it. I understand. I get it. They're the subtle influences that might be happening in the Jade Mines, I understand. But I think that Lon is doing a really good job of of threading that needle of being an influence without demanding that she becomes a part of the, the clan again. Unlike Call Sen or like Hilo, of whom are like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. I agree. Confronting it very directly. Lon's a very good. We love Lon. Big brother. Good, good boy. And then Hilo even felt left out. He's like, you. She was helping you, and you didn't tell me. I would have been nicer to her. Poor Hilo. Would he have been? I don't know if Probably I believe not. that. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, I still like. I still, to a certain degree, believe that Lon knows. Her working in proximity to Raw Jade gives a higher percent chance of her wanting to come back and join the clan. I don't know if it's okay. like a primary motivation, but I think that he's smart enough to know that that's going to be a side effect of these missions that he's sending him sending her on. All right. I want to say. This week, chapters 21 and chapter 22 are my favorites because it gets into so much of that character drama that really gets us invested in these people more and more and more and really makes it clear on the side of what you guys were talking about with some ambiguity in the first two sections 
this is where we lock in on the POVs and we lock in on the characters in these moments. And so I love it. I also love the action sections that we get this week, but man, I love chapters 21 and 22. Mm. They're great. With that, Honor, Life, Jade. Chapter 22, Honor, Life, and Jade. After Shay leaves, Lon and Hilo discuss Doru, Lon's new Jade, how he and his body are reacting to it, and Hilo asks for and receives his brother's permission and blessing to marry Mate Wen. So, cook. That's what I want y'all to do. <laughs> there is something super fucked about this jade. That, I, yeah. I was wondering the same thing. It's poisonous. It seems bad. He's like, or I also wonder, is it because Lon was already on the edge of breaking because he's like losing sleep. He can't tell anyone about it. And then this like pushes because, him. Because like Doru knows about that and he's feeding information to the mountain. I don't know. But if it was like poison jade, wouldn't that have made Gom not be able to like fight as well or something? I don't know. Seems like the jade is bad. It seems like this is a plant of some sort. I, I would agree. I'm very suspicious of this. This seems like they gave this dude up. For to like push Lon into yeah. insanity or something. Oh. This for for whatever reason, like I have this notion in my head that in the future I'm going to be disappointed that these characters didn't see this for what it was. Yeah. Like, like I don't I don't know why that's sticking in my head, but I So I, you're angry about dramatic irony? <laughs> well, we don't have dramatic irony. <laughs> No, well, no, I, I feel like this is something that's upset. not dramatic irony. I feel like this is something that they should be aware of. Oh, the poisoning of Jade, sure. And, and the suggestion of the poisoning of Jade. And they're... Bad Jade. You're being preemptively mad about something it's that I don't know definitively. I know, 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 I know I shouldn't be like this. I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't have this in my mind, but for some reason I have a premonition that this is going to be something that frustrates me in the future. Yeah. You're on that Brandon Sanderson crack for some reason. You just can't get off the everything is explained right away. Not that everything is explained right I mean, away, it's, it's but just bit. that yeah. this is something that hasn't ever come into play before. Like this doesn't, totally. I don't, I don't, I, I, I can't well, explain maybe, that. Maybe another reason that it isn't jiving. Maybe the mountain, like, with all this secret shit they've been doing, found some kryptonite jade and planted it, and um, they don't know about it. No peak doesn't know about it. Yeah, that would be fine. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> this whole thing is just—it's making me uneasy. Like I just get uneasy vibes from the situation, and like we talked about, like they're seeing it for the chess move that it was. But it almost seems like it was handed to him. Yeah, there's kind of like a hidden chess move behind like they're already three steps ahead and Lon's only seeing like one or two steps ahead. And it, I still think, though, it could just be Jade and he just can't handle has it. his blood isn't thick enough. Yeah, he just can't have all that Jade. And he was like almost killed. So he needs a little nap. And a little green doctor before he he's not green enough oh yeah speaking of weed green doctor wouldn't that 
present itself like like a normal person holding Jade for the first time, as opposed to a weird aura, like Hilo says. Right, right. Yeah, well, that giving. weird aura could be Lon breaking, like going over that edge that he was already at. Hmm. She does. But it, it says it's like pulsing. Yeah, I think she does a good job of kind of like making us suspicious of that of that situation, but also kind of pulling back on some of it. Like it is just a reaction to the new Jade and like having more Jade and the fight. And so it makes me question, like, am I supposed to be worried about this or am I not like, mm-hmm. I like that aspect of it. it holds the tension of the situation longer. Mm-hmm. But yes. regarding your point about whether the, uh, too much jade would present as a non-green bone wearing jade. We are given early warning signs of, I think it's called jade overexposure, which to me indicates that it could be a slow process and isn't necessarily a immediate burnout. Okay. Yeah, versus the sort of jade fever that we're presented with on from like Barrow's perspective in chapter 23 as as like the green the mysterious green bone describes right so we were given a couple of other descriptors but we haven't necessarily had the whole picture painted if that makes sense you're getting the puzzle pieces but we got to fit them together yet Hmm. i will say this chapter had some redeeming helo stuff for me i i i'm maybe coming around on him a little bit more. And I did like, even though he's like disrespectful to make wind to her face. (laughs) I did think that he was pretty sweet here. I know it's weird. He didn't like, he didn't ever be like, make wind. Will you marry me? He has a romantic gesture. She was like, I'm not moving in unless we're married. And then he's like, Okay, we're getting married. Lon said it was okay. Yeah, he just seems very immature. That's two chapters from now, or three chapters from now, and I'll fight you. So I want to talk about it. <laughs> Let's stick to this chapter. I'll still, fight you. Yeah, there's a lot of threats here to pull on. There's so much here. I w- I do want to I do want to bring up. This might be skipping ahead a little bit, but there's the oaths that are said during this chapter, and this is Hilo kind of reaffirming his familial thing for Lon as the pillar as this thing right should i ever be disloyal to my brother may i die by the blade should i ever fail to come to the aid of my brother may i die by the blade should i ever seek personal gain at the expense of my brother may i die by the blade on my honor my life and my jade it's a pretty cool quote and i think i feel like the the oath is probably not brother meaning lawn but my greenbone brother mm-hmm Right? Like, they say those oaths meaning not actual brother. That's how I, I took it. I took it it's as also reaffirming that it was... I, I figured that quote was a pledge to the pillar and he, like, just replaced it with brother. I would agree. Because I would think it's a synonym. You can just... But... The oath stays it, the same. It, the word changes. Yeah. I'm not sure, though. The beautiful Illuminate version of the books... Each one of them has a part of that statement on the back. What's that? And the this is the special edition Illumicrate version. Mm. Free ad. You can't buy these anyway, so it's gone. But on the back of the first one says, on my honor. And subsequently, each book levels into that oath. It's just... On my life, on my jade. On my 
Nice. On my honor, my life, my jade. Yeah, I think this just speaks to <clears throat> Hilo's like very much in this clan shit and very loyal, very much like believes in what they've got going on. And it's a big part of who he is. And it's just, like I said, I, I, these, I thought it was sweet. The whole thing, just like him wanting Lon's blessing and like how persistent he was and, and getting it. And then his oath of loyalty at the end, just as kind of a cementing that how much it meant to him that Hilo definitely won some points back for me on this chapter. He's You're keeping like a gauge oh, yeah. of like where you yes. stand with Hilo yes. actively. That's interesting. <laughs> He's definitely like a feeler, not a thinker is how I describe him. Yeah. Highly emotional. What is it? I am there. Ian TF. Personality types. But yeah, I thought as an INTJ, I collectively disagree with <laughs> Hilo's entire approach. I think that and he, once he does that big gesture and Lon's kind of taken aback, then he's like smiling without a care in the world. He's like, perfect. It's all good now. Yeah. Just shows that he's a feeler. He's feeling good. Going to go tell Make when <laughs> that she's going to feel good. Yeah, the dichotomy of him being like very sweet about how much he loves her and cares about her and wants to protect her in this chapter versus the way he actually treats her or talks to her and talks to her is is interesting. That's just like as a sign of like a very immature person, I feel like. Yeah. I'm curious to talk to her Oops, well. <laughs> No, you're good. Pause, Jamie. Give me pause. Given this recent Hilo discourse, what do we make of his reaction to Lon's new jade? I know we touched on, he says it's pulsating aura, but there's a little more there. What do you mean? So he's going out of his way to be like, you don't have to wear this. Like, people have different opinions of what our jade ability should be. So, like, where do we think his concern comes from? Hilo's concern? Yeah. I feel like it's genuine brotherly love. I would agree. It's, like, genuine, genuine protection. Care. Yeah. And not anything other than that. Like, I don't think there's anything nefarious there. He's just, like, he's really like, whoa, man, I think you pushed yourself too far. Like, you need to yeah. take a step back. Need a nap. Yeah. And he wants, I totally like... agree. And he's like, you already proved yourself. You don't have to like wear the jade, you know. Mm-hmm. Seems like it's doing something weird to you. So like, chill. But Lon's like, oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and he, in the end of this chapter, recognizes himself that yeah. like he's exhibiting these symptoms. But I still think there's something more to it. Yeah, I've got my eye on that jade for sure. Yeah, it's making mm-hmm. him like envious that Hilo has more jade, and he's like. Like it's almost like why do you care now? Like I've always had more jade. Yeah, yeah. And I'm it's supposed to. Role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm supposed, supposed to be, be the guy with the jade. Be stacked with <laughs> <Yeah>. jade. <laughs> be fucking fit out. It does make me wonder if there's some sort of collar, gold. <laughs> like, is there some sort of gold embedded in these mm. jade pieces? Mm-hmm. Golden is jade. That where this is coming? Yeah. Never together. 
I like that. I like it. Pedro, you're going to take a bet on that? Yep. He's drinking before he's wrong. (laughs) Drinking to seal the bet. uh, What's the Dambler hotline for Minnesota? Actually, North. What's the Dambler hotline (laughs) for North Carolina? (laughs) Guys, laying down. I don't know. I don't don't have to gamble, but I understand. One eight hundred seven 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 seven. Eight six seven five three zero nine seven on red. Stop. You can pretty much call like one eight hundred bets off pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Hmm. My for anybody that makes sense. Got my, a gambling problem. My bet, actually, yeah. <laughs> my bet is I mean, that good it's, to have an actual answer. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Aaron. My bet is that it's like kryptonite. It's like poisoned. Poisoned jade, huh? Because kryptonite's green. Hmm. Not wrong. Fair enough, Ben. You don't have to make a bet. I don't. But yeah, I'm not. The other I'm two not have made this. a bet. If I was going You're to bet, I would also. jump on PJ's bet. That's golden jade. Are you going to jump in on? Beaver's sure, bed? why not? Better drink. Yeah. Okay. There's a third option, which is that it's just too much jade, and his blood isn't thick enough. I don't want to believe that about my Lanny boy. Your Lanny boy. He's got my thin boy. blood. <laughs> thin ass blood, Lan. Luncheon one. Thin ass blood. <laughs> Luncheon balls has thin green blood. Luncheon <laughs> uh-uh. cannot support that. I can't do that to him. Luncheon one. <laughs> All right. Thomas, did you have anything else instead of this chapter? I did. There is one interesting thing from chapter 20 that I think is at sort of direct odds with Laundry Action to mate as a potential bride, as a mate for a potential bride to Hilo. Because in the Clean Blaze at the Factory, there's two things that seem to indicate that Lon has some sort of comfort with a mate operating as a de facto number two or three in a military situation. When they greet Gaunt, it's Lon, Hilo, and Mate. And then when they're leaving the scene, it's Mate, Mate Ken, and Hilo driving away. And Hilo says, lie down, Lon. It's just us. Us, as in those two. So to me, that speaks to like a comfort level. And like he's fine with them being used, just like, you know, being used for their military prowess but when it comes to not using them he's uncomfortable i guess yeah Mm -hmm. when it's like more of an official like emotional yeah or clearing their name what's going on making them legitimate that seemed to me like to fall into the and this goes into andon's chapter a little bit but like that seemed to fall into like the suspicion around bad luck in the culture that seems like a cultural thing to me with the makes and like why he didn't want her to be a part of the family just because like it looked bad and it gave people bad vibes <laughs> that type of thing it's like she's gonna yeah. give false bad vibes so <laughs> <laughs> she'll give the whole family bad vibes did, <laughs> no one will escape have you heard she's a stone eye yeah did you know you're a stonite? You can't do that. You can't do that. You're us. a stonite. You should be an interior yeah. designer. Babe, just dressed houses. That's very condescending. Babe, you're bored. <laughs> you're just bored. You need to be rich. Cringing. Actively cringing. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Written by a female author too, so it's like very telling of like oh, yeah. <laughs> perspective oh, yeah. on on, a, on this type of person, too, <laughs> yeah. which I, I think is great. Actually, I think it's a great perspective to have in in some ways of where like 
you just get so obsessed with your own life that you miss out on the things and, and the capabilities of the people in front of you. You know, it's, oh boy, you wish for better, but people are nothing but disappointments. So with that nihilistic take out of the way, let's continue. <laughs> Chapter 23. Autumn Festival Gifts. Oh. We return to Barrow, who has begun completing operations for the mountain through Middleman Moot. Proud of their work, a greenbone from the mountain comes bearing gifts of a Fullerton C-55 submachine gun for the pair of them who are standing in the moment there to be gifted them. And encouraging further work before walking out into the oncoming typhoon. So we're back with Barrow. Barrow back. We get a couple of different notes. Got Barrow returning. We've got needle marks on Moot's wrists that seem to indicate. He's working with someone with named notes. Cheeky. He's on that shine. Cheeky. Yeah. Yeah. Moot yeah. seems to be on the shine. Yeah. What'd you guys think of this whole section? Yeah. There, there's Barrow. the needle marks, but there's also the conversation with the unnamed Greenbone at the end that gives him. Give him the package. The package. He's like, you're, you're taking the prescribed dosage. You're not sharing it. You're not selling it. Like. Not storing it away for later use. Yep. This is this is specifically partitioned for you to do it now so you can stay whatever you stay want. Cut, yeah. Stay cut, KK. Stay cut, KK. Yep, exactly. Yeah, there's some good slang in this. A lot of language. Yep. I think Barrow but is a little shithead. Barrow is such a shithead. And yeah, I think <laughs> that he's going to fuck something up for our, our clan. Oh, no yeah. peak. He's a monkey wrench waiting to happen. No doubt about he's, it. I mean, he's working. He's actively working for the mountain clan. Hmm. Yeah, but it's right. going like, to like, th- this become, is a mountain green bone. <laughs> it's going to like, something's going to happen when it's going to be like, well, fuck, you should have killed him. Oh yeah. He's, a, he's the, already at, he's, he's well past that point. He's he should good. have been dead. We already know that that's happening for show. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I agree. He's going to actively become a, a thorn in the sides of the No Peak clan. And the way he treats those guns as gifts in the moment, and he's like, oh my God, this is like a baby, is just a very weird reaction. Well, I think he realizes like how <laughs> valuable. <laughs> he realizes how valuable it is and how yeah. probably yeah. powerful the so- guns are. I took that more as a commentary on gun culture in KCON and in Jen Loon in general of this is much less common than what we're totally. What yeah. We're it's not used America. To. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. He's, it could be 1950s, <laughs> 60s, 70s America, but we don't really know. He's also then, a uh, young man. So, you know, like young men typically uncomfortable handling babies. So I another possible read. Baby That's in the true. gun. Yeah. Ooh, I like that, yeah. Do 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 baby in the gun. Here comes I say. No. Nope. It's all right. Weird. Shitty Beatles the Beatles. You ever heard of the Beatles? Dare you. I love the cut 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 weird. That's so fucking good. <laughs> Iconic Crossland is weird Crossland. <laughs> I was gonna say before the serenade that it's interesting that he's saying it's interesting that the Greenbone guy is saying, Don't worry, Moot will teach you how to use it. So clearly 
these kids haven't handled guns like this. He's only ever handled his pocket gun that he lost in his first attempt. <laughs> in a bathroom. Yep. <laughs> Which I loved your guys' <clears throat> assessment of the bathroom because it was so good. It was so proper <laughs> for like how bad that was. And especially comparing it now to the experience that he has and the way that this chapter opens even with like them racing away. And also Tars jumping out and like no longer being willing to like go any further after seeing what they're going to be doing next is great. Yeah, he's like a real criminal now. Mm-hmm. He's definitely advanced. Moved up from slashing Sampa's tires. Yeah. Deep in it. Shithead. That's the summary of that one. Shithead. Yeah. Cool. All right. Anything else on this chapter? It's pretty short and sweet. It's mostly just reintroducing shithead and the story, making sure that you're aware of where he's at, what he's doing, his jade fever levels, how he might be a jade alarm if you were just wear jade down with that SN1 mm-hmm. or proper training. And, and that really a important. real green bone would just kill you. Thief. Yeah. Well, it grounds it. It, it. I think to some degree, the reason that I really appreciate that note is that it grounds the magic system in some way where it's like, you can't just pick it up and run with it. Like everyone is going to know that you're untrained with it of whom is, has any semblance of training. And then as such, you can't just like go and buy it and like treat it like that. You have to go buy it, maybe take a drug, which is illicit, potentially illegal to like balance it all out. It it makes a mess of mess of the system to some degree. Mm -hmm. Do we think Barrow will fuck everything up in this book? Ooh, we're making bets. Are you, are you calling another bet? A third bet in this episode? Yes. I'm in. Fourth yes, bet. I would, I would I'm saying yes. Yes, I think so. He's going to definitely. Frankly, I don't, I don't think he survives past this book. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's going to fuck everything up and also die. <laughs> Do we let, like, say, hypothetically, these things don't coincide, the two-part predictions? When do we collect? No, so here's here's the thing, Thomas. We collect on both sides. Nice. So as, or they as the hosts of this, if they get a part right and they get a part wrong, we collect on the front end because they got the part right. But in the long run, if they got it wrong, we come back and we punch them in the face for two. Gotcha. So, nice. Oh, okay. So yeah, I keep track like a, on the If back there's end. a fake out, there would be like an initial payout. There are sometimes fake outs. There were a couple of moments that happened inside of Mistborn that like paid off much, much, much later. I gotcha. just want to say okay, I gave PJ Thomas, the for in the moment and then But you're now you're making me suspicious because of that. Question. Lemonade? No, you asking that question makes then, me think something comes up later. No, he's oh, just no, I was just I was just trying to this. understand yeah. the rules oh, okay. of the bets. There's a lot of bets going on. This, this is new to me. Yeah. I didn't read Mistborn, so I missed that mythology. You, you are we, we also, as a host of this Rising. program, you are welcome to make up rules as you see fit. <laughs> True. That is that is valid. You have the power. We have ben, nothing. We I nothing set and powerful. We need Ben's decision here yet, though. On the bet, I'm I'm in on Barrow does something to fuck everything up and dies in this book. Okay, all right, you're all three on the same page. Chapter twenty four after the typhoon. Hunted down during a typhoon and with rumors running rampant amidst recent clan violence, tensions run high amongst Cal Dushran Academy students, particularly with Andin and Lot Jen. After the typhoon, the pair share an odd interaction while cleaning debris from the city, 
before Gaunt Ash rolls up, dishing yellow cake and advice. Mm, Attention's running cake. high or That's hot. hot. Yeah, sexy or murdery. <laughs> That's my question. Yeah. What's what's Andin's cleanup crew kid's name? Lot. 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 Jen. Lot Jen. Mm, he's hot. Lot. <laughs> lot hot. Lot hot. He's referred to as Lot Chen because he does have Jade. I think the family is rank. Hot lot. So, yeah. Hot lot. There you go. Lot. This is all interesting. The setup that, like, they're basically the Peace Corps during Crisis, and that all the clans, like, have a ceasefire to, like, help the citizens. That's a cool, like, just world I did like setup. that, too. Yeah. I was on the same boat. I was like, oh, that's nice. Everybody decides to get along. And here's a yellow cake. <laughs> yeah. During times of crisis. And that just shows you kind of, like, the tradition and plays into that Aisha thing that we were talking about. Aisha? Aisha. Yeah. I don't know if there's a cultural or historical significance to yellow cake, but given our exposure to Jade and like my, my commentary on it previously, like why yellow cake? (laughs) Like yellow cake, uranium, Oh. Is all I could think of at this point. I don't. I'm, think I'm of not it following. In the context. Personally, mm-hmm. a big yellow cake guy. So I was like, mm, well, delicious. I like, yeah, I like yellow cake. I'm also a big. Yellow What's cake your problem guy. with yellow cake? PJ, I yeah. I also think of it. It's in my the, dad's uh, favorite cake. Yellow Black cake, chocolate Bush frosting, from Dave Chappelle. Yes. You know, yellow cake, cradle of civilization. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> So so, what's the what's your what's your beef with yellow? Yeah, what's cake? your problem, Do you, PJ? I don't, I don't have a beef with it. It just felt like a physics uh, guy over here thinking foreshadowing, or like, have you perhaps considered that your conspiracy corner has run it too deep? If <laughs> I I don't think that it's necessarily nefarious, but I think it's maybe pointing to poison, pointing to something radioactive. Yellow cake bad. Okay. PJ, mm. I love where your head's at. I love the conspiracy corner. I <laughs> He's love handing the it out to citizens, it. though. It is well, not literally uranium. It's just like, I don't know, not code word, but like a nickname for uranium is yellow cake, right? Yeah. And so in the real world, like yellow cake so he's uranium saying, is, it- is, a, is a form of uranium. <laughs> it's also, yeah. yellow cake's also like a, a real cake. I was just on every that. every time I've ever had yellow cake, it's been in the form of a Darth Vader helmet because we have it every year. My dad's birthday, it's always baked in that same tin, and then chocolate frosting is served on top, and we cut it out of the mm, mask. Best way to mostly eat yellow cake. We don't really eat the helmet. Frost. It's mostly mask cake. I have yellow cake frosting for my birthday for every year. Shout out to your dad. About yellow love cake, it. I'm starving. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars nerds <laughs> love yellow cake. That's the rules, anyway. <laughs> Hmm. PJ, do you want to make a bet? Because we totally disagree. No, I, I don't have <laughs> anything deeper to go on with it. It I, just it feels I like foreshadowing be. to call it yellow cake and mm-hmm. to be given by the enemy, like the enemy, yeah. enemy. non all knower. I'm all in on PJ's take. I love this. I love, I love the reasoning behind it. It's so you can't just pretend amazing. you don't know what's going to happen. Well, I'm not. Here, I can't. <laughs> I'm just saying, I because I'm 
commented on the one part of why I love it. And that, so I'm saying, like, regardless of what I know, that fat, like, the huh. reason he got there, I'd be all in. Like, he would have convinced me to be on his side it's no matter what. a beautiful take. Yeah. Right. The, the one thing that I want to mention is, so we've, PJ and I, historically, have done these bets as, like, A versus B. It's just been the two of us. So... In the case of where you two might disagree or where, like, someone is right and someone is wrong. So, like, let's say Aaron's right, Ben and PJ are wrong. I like that. Not going to happen. Ben and PJ <laughs> also take the drink because they're wrong? I would say yes. I think so. Yeah. I think, I think so. We're just going to get real fucked up when these all come to fruition. I th- yeah. Well, they're going to come to fruition inter- randomly in episodes, so it's super exciting. So, hmm. I think if it's an inter-non-knower bet, then yes, but if it's like us versus them, I feel like it's the sides are. But all of them are dichotomy. us versus them. That's the problem. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> like, but all of them. It's it's well, a vested interest versus the future of the story versus the you know the, right. I'm just the, saying that to be an added element where they bet one another. Sure, as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Going forward, yep. I'm not going to stand in the way of that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Andin. Having a little crushy yes. on a bully oh, at his very school. Cute. I was happy for him. I Do think. we think he's a plant? <laughs> like everyone's a like ev- yeah, like someone, I think he's a human uh, personally. Like the like <laughs> I don't know. the mountain is like <laughs> hey, get close sure. to Andy. No, his dad's like a big time. Guest. I know, but now I th- I feel like everyone is. Yeah, I think you're too a, suspicious. Okay. Suspicious. I think lots for real. Do you think lot is gay? I don't know. I don't think we know. <clears throat> I thought that was really interesting that Andon like felt bad for if Lot was gay, he would like feel bad for him because that's a sign of bad luck, even though he himself is queer. But he was already like, my family's already fucked. So yeah, but that shows like real <laughs> compassion. Yeah. For his situation. Like yeah. This entire Simple. scene did a really good job of putting us into the headspace of a paranoid yeah. teenage boy <laughs> who has a crush on somebody and yeah. is trying to find signs in any direction. Yeah. Like, did he just look at me yeah. longer than normal? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I loved it. The swiftness to be on the side of a pickup relay ball game. It was like, maybe you're just good at relay ball, my dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're the you're the number one like rated (laughs) like student at this school. You're probably pretty athletic. You're gonna crush relay ball. Gotta be on your team. I I love this idea at the same time. I I can't help but like try to like pull myself down into his brain in the moment and be like because he sees his entire relationship complex as bad luck. Like he also doesn't feel like he can confront it. Like it's 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 this whole and I, I have no experience with it. I'm heterosexual, but I have a lot of friends who have had. But it's this it's this whole like confrontation with this idea of it being outside of the norm of what's going on in society and like trying to bridge those gaps, but at the same time having some preconditioned expectations or what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And like that being like the bad luck aspect or that being all of these other things that he gives as excuses for why he doesn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that is such a brutal confrontation mm-hmm. in a lot of well, ways. It's kind of like growing not, up in the church or something and being yeah, gay entirely. or being, you know, not the but typical church. Society. Like it's even more oppressive, I yeah. think, than like just 
church could be in some ways. Mm-hmm. But like Hilo accepts it, and like a number of the family already are aware and accept those kind of things. So that's yeah, that was interesting. Right. How but it's I, like I do. It's totally accepted, but at the same time, it's kind of like you pull on your earlobe. Yeah, it's it's yeah, still he's bad. Internalized yeah. that. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was he's a clever something awful change where it's still an ostracized aspect of society but for an entirely different reason like right. it's it's not frowned upon it's just a sign of misfortune which is well, they were still like, yeah like it's like being problem. born deaf it's like okay so yeah, I'm disabled now culture, yeah, yeah is a big thing yeah that yeah. that equation is one of which if you such a sensitive like topic it just tells you a lot about the culture i i feel like and like really informs that Mm -hmm. and it just shows and in like what they value all all the and already been through all this stuff and now he has even more adversity than say his straight counterparts Hmm. yeah i just i i felt like it was a unique a, a unique way to tackle sexuality in a fantasy setting on a, on a separate world, it is different than what we experience here on earth, but there's still strife associated with it. And it mm-hmm. still has to be addressed in some way. Like I, I really Accounted loved how for. she did it. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was yeah. really smart. Should we make a bet? Does Andon find love in this book? <laughs> Just kidding. What I want to no. know, I was like, I'm thinking like, there's all these signs that he's bad luck and his family's bad luck, but like, it seems like Andon could be kind of, the one the one yeah the savior of them all and Mm -hmm. so the uniting i wonder if that's where we're headed with him it does feel that way to me watch their faces they're impassive (laughs) faces no i'm i'm so good at this fam you've got to be watching thomas i am watching thomas (laughs) (laughs) you've no idea you've no idea but I like this chapter a lot because of the society building aspects. And then also I, I like Andon's chapters a lot. I like Andon's chapters a lot too. I'm always happy to like get back to him. Yeah. We don't get enough Mm -hmm. Andon. I would be okay with that. Yeah. More Andon as well. I agree. I am so excited for more Andon. I'm so excited for this book to continue. I love you guys are enjoying these like deeply familial and character chapters because it can feel at times maybe slow in the way that we read these things. And so tucked between action. Love that you guys have bought into the, the idea here as a, as a meta moment for the show. I'm, I'm very nervous uh, to like bring this show to other people outside of PJ of whom has enjoyed it. Right. Like new newbies on the host side, newbies on the other side. It's like, is this working? Do you like it? Is it good? I read faster. It's not so, working. I know. That's where I'm at. It's just like. <laughs> damn, damn, so sorry. We're already rushing comparatively. Oh, like, yeah. It's only been I mean, five <laughs> days since the last time. We were- I know. <laughs> it's fine. So. I'm impatient. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Anything else, Thomas, that you want to bring up? I like the books. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> good books. All right. Final chapter. <laughs> of the week chapter 25 lines drawn we return to Hilo dealing with an escalating situation at the docks with jade thieves while also spending time with his fist make tar in the hospital we also get a flash of conversation with Wen about their engagement and her desires for a place in the clan 
we finally end on the frustration that Hilo feels as the horn of the clan needing to handle so much stress as an individual. This is that culmination moment that we've been like kind of underpinning all of our conversations about. Now now bring it to bear. What what do you feel about Hilo and Make One? It's weird. I love how aghast he is at this <laughs> her response. He's just like, what? <laughs> I, like, she's obviously in a tough spot. Her brothers are very entwined with Hilo. She's worried about Maktar in the hospital. And Hilo's like, what? What's your problem? You should be excited <laughs> right. that we're getting married. And she's like, oh, yay. My brother almost died. Like, I'm not, I don't want to care about marriage at this point. And she's just yeah. completely folding and conceding and just... I don't know the the way he talks to her. Like we've said, is so he bizarre. just doesn't pay attention to her. You is know? she folding? Yeah, I she like she's folding. I think she's pushing back. No, she like looks around her apartment, like way. sadly, and is like, okay. She's like resigned that if she is gonna not be killed or used as ransom, then she like has to move in with him. I don't really see it as her folding. That part, maybe. Yeah, but I see it as her, like, accepting the reality of the situation, maybe. Right, but she's clearly not, like, excited. Still trying to own it. <laughs> she'll yeah. She'll put up protests. Like, at any point that he brings up, she'll put up protests, and then as soon as he, like, pushes back again, she folds. Yeah. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't argue in any meaningful way that actually stands up to any sort of argument like she'll she'll try to push back a little bit and he's like no we're fine we're you're gonna <laughs> no, be protected you're just by born. the call house yeah yeah it, well, he or just he'll entirely yeah. change the conversation like she she's I, I not in thing. a like, situation where she's actually meaningfully pushing against anything that he's saying that she disagrees yeah like hilo is a tidal wave and she's right she he doesn't listen she's a boat (laughs) and she's getting pushed around yeah she tries but but yeah he's like he's a stone wall at that point she's a stone eye he's a stone wall Mm -hmm. and then yeah him being like you can't you can't work in the you're nothing like three-fingered gear whoever you'll never work for the clan (laughs) it's like okay dude it's bizarre and maybe some of like his how dedicated he is to you know the clan and like tradition plays into that maybe but yeah i just yeah it's like why can't she work for the clan her whole family is green bones she just happens to be a stoneite and she'll probably Lon brought it up, but I'm like, wouldn't she still like bear greenbone children, possibly? Yeah. Well, it's just short sighted. It's like you're not. Is open it on the mother's side? <laughs> opportunities and ideas that come up. Like maybe she could be an asset. Like how could she be a, an asset in a different way than like you're only seeing things through this like greenbone lens? You have to be a greenbone to help the clan. It's myopic. Yeah. It, it's totally myopic. Yeah. And he is not seeing her for what she is. And what she can do and he doesn't actually see her as like a human being and doesn't listen to her. I know. It's, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not a healthy relationship. Yeah, it's tough. I thought that he was coming around in that last cha- in that chapter where he's talking to Lon because he was very caring 
I thought, and just like he came, he came across very concerned for her, and then you lose all of it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just becomes more possessive. Yeah. So you're saying you felt the concern earlier, but not now as much. Well, it's coming out in the wrong way. Like in in the conversation with Lon, like it felt like genuine concern, and it felt sweet, and just like he really loves this person of course i love her and wants to protect her wants to do what he feels like is best for her but then when it's come time to to like have that conversation with her he doesn't listen to anything that she says doesn't listen to anything that she wants to do it's only about his concern and making sure that he feels okay about where she's at and then his like paranoia or anxiety about the situation and it has nothing to do with her. And so you kind of lose that thread that of of like loving care that came across in the conversation with Lon. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I love that. I love that comparison. I, I think the one that I draw more closely because of the way that luck is ascribed over the course of the book so far is between McWen and Anden. Right. And I think about Hilo's relationship with those two people as individuals when they're both considered equally unlucky in their own. Mm-hmm. As we approach Andin, we see this sort of brotherly, warm relationship of like, I don't give a shit about like what's gone on with you in the past or like what you like or like your family because you were one of us. And on the other side of that, I see Hilo being very defensive because of a more immediate relationship with Make Wen where he's like leaning into some of these traits a little bit more. And he's like, that is really it's not necessarily the, the unlucky nature, but they're, they both have that trait between the two of them. That's an interesting diagram to draw. Yeah. I was just curious in your guys. He's thoughts. much more willing to like play that Andy. card with make win, mm-hmm. but he won't play it with Andon. And mm-hmm. I, I like that a lot. That's, that's really interesting to think about for sure. And that must be, I would assume because like, he considers him part of the family, and so, like, but kind of gives him a free exactly. Like, she I, is the family, yeah. Right. Well, I and think so being there's, there's being dichotomy. a green bone, I think that's probably what it is. Is yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't care if you're gay, but he does care if you're a green bone. Yeah, the green bone aspect green. of it is, I think, what ultimately provides him with the like giving respect to Andon and having less respect for make win. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good call. Thomas yeah. turned into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas leaned back. To text Just me ruminating. Sure. Take it all in. Yeah. You're like the lamp from Pixar. No, I was like the, uh, the eye. Got my ass kicked. Sorry, I derailed. But yeah. I don't no, know. It'll it, be interesting to see if Make Win ever gets anything she actually wants in the way she wants it, or if she's just going to be pushed around by Hilo the whole time. Yeah. We're all traumatized staring at our microphones when we say the next word. <laughs> I, I do want to mention, I love this quote. We've already talked a lot about this, but in response, Make One really comes into her own here in my mind. We talked about this earlier, responding to Hilo's aghast response calmly, saying, should I be womanishly thrilled about dress shopping and banquet planning and what while others plan the murder of my fiance and my brothers? And 
that is just so, it, it, that is like truly like an intone note for me that shows that make when is so in tune with clan life without being a member or a green bone or anything else is like she knows and she's very cognizant in like a way that Shay isn't by comparison. She's just she's in it in some degree that we have other characters that aren't that deep in the well. See, Shay's throwing away her green boneness and someone like make win could make wins out of <laughs> we need to keep the puns going after last week <laughs> we love it we love it i do find it a little bit interesting that she uses the term fiance here because as far as we can tell and as far as like i can tell this this conversation is where like this is the proposal essentially like this is where she's made known that they're engaged she's like lawn said it was okay it's like great i guess we're getting married then right he doesn't propose to her at all he says that lawn gave his blessing to for him to marry her and maybe there's a behind the scenes like i'd love to marry you if lawn says it's okay but i feel like we would have seen that well, she based on how this conversation based like, on how this relationship goes. This is how I see it. He's like, "You need to live with me," and she's like, "I'm not living there unless we're married." And then so he goes and is like, "I need to marry." Her. He's like, "Okay." He's like, "Okay, now we're getting married." Yeah, I mean, he just always assumes he knows. <laughs> it's not really exactly good. what McQueen is thinking, what she wants. Like maybe that excuse he didn't mean better. she wanted to get married. Yeah, <clears throat> it just meant she didn't want to live there. Right. Oh, well, bless her heart. It is totally possible that there's conversations that we're not exposed to. So I don't want to like detract from that. No, I, but I, I, I think you're meant to only take in the conversations that are there. So I, I think that there's something to be said about the, this whole note about make when and in this moment in which bless her heart, she is putting up with Hilo right to some degree. And she's willing to like, She's also willing to take him at face value to some degree and like his wants and desires and subsuming her own, which she's probably also done the rest of her life because her stasis is a stone eye instead of a green bone family. So she's always been subservient, maybe in some ways. So mm. it's not a good thing. It's just a trait. Do, do we know where she lands in terms of like youngest middle child? To her She's younger than her brothers. She is? Okay. Yeah. Hilo says their younger sister a couple times. It's also kind of weird. Like, bro, you're dating our younger sister. I don't know. At least like in friend groups, that'd be like a huge no-no. But I guess if he's the horn, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, if any one of my friends were dating my younger sister, I'd feel I never had that experience because my sister did one person from 17 until now. But you're like, not cool, bro. PJ, you might have had. Yeah, exactly. PJ, you might have had different experiences. What was your, I don't know, older brother experience? I'm curious. In a similar way with the makes. I mean, this is Do you have something. This is like totally stepping on your dick a little bit. But no, nope, I didn't really have that experience. <laughs> no, that's cool. It's, yeah. <laughs> Like, you you were very protective of my sister in high school, which was oh, I was protective of your sister. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
didn't mean to like self dig your own family. It was just like it was a moment in which it happened. No, I, PJ like, was, I was the intimidating dude, and I was not. And PJ stood up for my sister in a moment. And, yeah, it's cool. I hero. That's it. That's all. So, all right, Ben. <laughs> did you have any similar experiences there or something? Bearing bleed here. What? This is a family book. This is a family dynamic. What did you, have you guys ever experienced something similar with with a relationship in which you're witnessing someone else in your family going through it and your reaction therein? I have not. <laughs> I'm the younger brother. I know and, I'm the younger sister. Okay. I had crushes uh, on my brother's God friends, but they were like two and a half years older. Yeah, my sister didn't date much. <laughs> I don't know, you know, but it is uh, a weird. This might be a hot take. Power dynamic with him being the horn, sure. right? Yeah, Thomas, hot take. You know, hot take. I've always just been in favor of agency for women. If they want to date one of my friends, you know, let them cook. What wow, that is say? a hot take that Hilo doesn't share. <laughs> But that the makes do share. The other makes do share. You know? like that's Yeah, make Tar's like, you know I would fight for you even if you weren't dating my sister. Bro, just get me out of this fucking hospital. Bro, bro, I'm so dying. I'm dying in the bed. The food here is disgusting. There's a final note here that I want to end on, which is the... We already talked about the kind of the way that this chapter ends, which is that just Hilo is so stressed about the whole moment and situation. But... What are your thoughts on Elo also placing some blame on Shay being depressed for why she's like has this jade withdrawal is not willing to be a part of the clan? Do you think that that's real or do you think that's a placed blame? And where where is that said? 247 so I can read it here cuz I quoted it specifically. I don't remember that. So he's yeah, getting into it and he's thinking about her in the moment. So it's it's about handling Shay. He needed to speak to Shay again. He hadn't seen or spoken to her in weeks. As someone who was open and expressive with his emotions, Hilo had long harbored vaguely resentful suspicion that he loved his family more than they loved him back. And with no one that was this feeling more pronounced than with his sister. How could Shay be so cold? It bothered Hilo more than it, he let on. Had she come back to kick on merely to make the rest of them feel sorry for her, to punish them with rejection? Clearly, she was suffering self-esteem issues. What with the way that she continued to inflict jade deprivation on herself as some abnormal form of penance. He thought that perhaps he'd been too hard on her, said hurtful things at one time, as if she hadn't done the same, and that was one reason that she'd run off to Espenia. Feels like Hilo conjecture to me. Like I don't know. Yeah, he like he's a feeler. He's he always insecure. feels like he knows everything, and he projects his feelings a lot of the time. Yeah, I don't think Shay's trying to like make everyone feel guilty, or what was it? It was guilty. Yeah, it was guilt. Yeah. No, I think Jade he's just being insecure. Like yeah, I think for insecure, him, paranoid. Maybe he like, has too much. He's shade. being a like this is him being a good horn. I think, like 
being in a mindset a of not trusting anybody, of of being that sort of protector, and like the, these are the consequences of that. These are the side effects, and it sucks, but it, it's probably necessary to not even trust implicitly your family. I have a I have a closing thought here that I want to add in, which is does making you a member of the triumvirate make you a good family member? Like, can you be a good family member while being a good member of the top tier of the clan? Is is that a capable position that any of our characters find themselves? I don't, in? I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but I don't know them. Well, I, I don't know the positions well enough to make a firm claim on that. Sure. Yeah. No bets here. <laughs> it, it's, it's not about bets. <laughs> Not everything is about bets. This is a question. Lon seems like like he's capable of being a good family member. I think it it complicates those roles a lot, you know? For sure. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult. I mean, I think that that part, that's part of it. It's like it, like Aaron was talking about earlier in the podcast, just that family ties, like it complicates everything and all your decision-making and, and plays into it so i don't necessarily agree and and to me i think Hilo just like and speaking about this quote just has a hard time understanding why anybody wouldn't want to wear jade and yeah <laughs> he's just like i do too just though like doesn't compute for <laughs> just put on your jade. i think that's natural for him just because he's so interwoven with that power and that dynamic and he doesn't understand and doesn't want to understand anything but that. Aaron? I agree. Cool ranto. Yes. Good good work, Aaron. We're we're so we love your critical thought on the whole subject. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Thomas, any any other closing thoughts that you had on this week that you want to ask? I think based on the initial quote that you read, I would like to ask if we think Hilo is right that he loves his family more than they love him bad. I don't think he's right. I think he's just paranoid and insecure. His perception is warped. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think yeah, I think that's it. He doesn't he doesn't see the way that they love him. Yeah. And I think he's been a little maybe abused by the way his grandpa treats him maybe. <laughs> and he's like trying all the time to please everybody and He's still like, it's your fault. So he's just got a he's got a warped sense of like what your family owes you or like what familial love is. You know, it's more wrapped up in duty and yeah, and like his responsibility like, to the clan and tradition. All and, of his stuff to me feels like brutish and yeah. like like um he he's acting like the younger sibling, like he's acting. A little immature, I think. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, with that, we close up the episode here. I'm super excited. I'm so glad we're on. This is our third episode. It's so cool to like have you guys all here. We've Thomas, did you have something? Sorry. Oh, I thought you were flashing a hand. This is so cool. We've gotten so much good feedback, even on the first episode so far, which is like, thank. This is so cool to like have everyone here to have this different perspective. We love you all dearly. We hope that you enjoy the show so much. So next week, we are reading chapters 26 through 
31. Basically the same number of chapters, but hope you love it. 26 through 31. Cool. So with that, that's where we'll leave you for this week. Thank you, as always, to Tim and Andrew for helping us keep the show going. You can find our links in the show notes where you can find a link to our Patreon, our previous episodes, our websites, our social media accounts, t-shirt stores, fucking HowlerPod, Hikey Obsessed, everything, all of us, all in one very nice, easy little block of text. <laughs> we, we'd like to make it easy on you, but at the same time, I have to ask Aaron. Aaron, can you tell people what happens if they don't leave a good review? If they could leave a review? Uh, they don't leave a good Leave one. a review, five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we're going to poison you with bad jade. Because <laughs> it does exist. It may or may not be a thing. It, it is. It is in our world. <laughs> is, we can give you lead... <laughs> Led Jade right now. <laughs> but we're, we're super glad, of course, to have everyone else on the podcast. You can find all those links for Words and Whiskey. You can find us at Words Whiskey Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. You can send us an email at Words and Whiskey Show at gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash Words and Whiskey. You can join the group here, and our t shirts, as PJ had mentioned, are on T Public. You can also find Hallerpod and Hallerpod. You can find all of those links within the description for all of our shows here on the Atomic Pylon Media Network. We're so psyched. So cool. Thank you all for showing up to the show. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Later. Bye. Bye.